Mr. Rogers, I almost forgot that that suit did nothing for your ass. No one asked you to look, Tony. It's ridiculous. I think you look great, Cap. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. Lights, camera, action, and welcome to a Happy Hour Films. My name's Ross Bacon, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? And tonight we have a special holiday-themed episode where we're also joined by a guest, Max Sobrano. Max, say hi as well. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for having me on. All right, so now that we are done with our theme of one actor, two performances, we decided we'd do a little break, and since this is the holiday weekend of 4th of July, we'd get a little America on you, so we're going to cover Captain America in the MCU, played by Chris Evans. Um, but before we get into that, obviously, we have to talk about what beers we're drinking. So, how about we go with our guest, Max? Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, and then uh, tell us about what you're drinking. Okay, so first off, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, my name is Max. I run Monmouth County Memes and the MCM podcast. I co-host that. So I just love doing this podcast type of stuff. Um, I'll try and keep it as PG as possible, guys. Sorry, I curse a lot on our podcast. Don't, we, we you don't need to worry about that. Oh, we don't need to? Okay, cool. No. <laughs> so drop All right, let me just get into it. But the beer I'm drinking... Uh, shout out to my favorite artist, Post Malone. I'm drinking Bud Light. He's Ooh. literally sponsored by Bud Light. So nice. uh, that, that's what I'm drinking tonight, guys. That's what we aspire to, being sponsored by Bud Light. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's the goal. Yeah. But, uh, Bud Light finds a way to come up on this podcast a few times when we, <laughs> we're trying to compare the tastes of beers just to, you know, to get the, the general thought across. Like, oh, it's a Bud Light with flavor or it's uh, you know, a Bud Light <laughs> I'd want to drink, something like that. And me and Max are very familiar with Bud Light. We graduated from college last year. We were housemates, and we had a lot of Bud Light. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I've willingly drank Bud Light. That was probably 20 years ago for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Mike, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking John from Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company. Okay. I went with this beer because on the can – we have uh, Ben Franklin riding uh, <laughs> Ben Franklin drinking beer, riding the Liberty Bell. And what is more American than that image? <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah, that's a good beer. I've had that one before. It's pretty good. Uh, this is the first time I have, I'm having it. It's 5.2% uh, alcohol. So I, I always seem to be in that 5 to like 6.5% range when I drink on here. Yeah, you love the mid-range stuff. Yeah, I think my wife so far has been the only one that's gone over seven. I think Ray did, too. He might have, yeah. All right, well, for me, I uh, I got a little more patriotic with mine, unlike you heathens. I went with... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, but uh, Ben Franklin riding the Liberty Bell? Yeah, mine is... Yeah. Mine, the brewery I have is literally called Red, White, and Brew, and it's in Audubon, New Jersey, and the beer is called Checks and Balances. And it's an IPA, about 6.5 ABV, and it's delicious. Yeah, I'm liking my beer for a bit. How's Bud Light, Max? How's Bud Light? <laughs> what kind of palate are you feeling here? You know, honestly, this Bud Light has got to be at least like a month old. So as if Bud Light didn't taste bad already, like I'm drinking this and like, I'm like, guys, can I please just drink like sparkling water or something? And, and Ross and Mike were like, no, you're drinking beer and we're going to influence you into doing that. So what a great influence. It's, it's a sun. Listen, it's five o'clock somewhere. I'm hoping. Uh, it is yeah, called I'm Happy Hour Films, Max. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> is it at least cold? 
Oh no, no, I'm not crazy. Listen, I'm not drinking a lukewarm Bud Light. <laughs> if I were, if I was doing that, I hope you guys wouldn't have me on my on this podcast. Mike would. We be like, would slowly mute you on this, and then we would just go on without you. <laughs> you just hear me like puking in the background, like uh, so. Max, what do you think about like you know whatever this topic? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so Max is still trying to get over his Bud Light while we move on. Max, <laughs> back in a second. Max has a chest burster from Alien come out the Bud Light so bad literally right. just, you guys have to go to a commercial break every five minutes because i keep puking another <laughs> break brought to you by- we have to insert fake sponsors <laughs> <laughs> all right so today's episode- that's, that's a good enough intro i think <laughs> so yeah so we can get into our main topic which is obviously the man of the country the man of the hour Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America. and now, Max uh, is a big Captain fanboy, so let me yeah. ask you, Max, how does it feel to have the, like, fourth best Avenger be your favorite? Oh, already with the nonsense. Yeah, Mike, Mike just, like, <laughs> okay, he just, he has all these crazy things that he says, Ross, and he can't, like, he doesn't believe all, like, he can't. Oh. Oh, I know. <laughs> Believe me, I know. <laughs> I'm just, I look at Mike. I'm like, Mike, one, I hope you're not on drugs. Two, like, what are you saying? Because, like, Chris Evans, not only do I have a man crush on this guy, I'm going to put that out there. Agreed. Agreed. I'm 100% straight. I'm 100% straight, but this guy's beautiful. And two, dude, he, there's no one better to play the guy. Exactly. He, like, obviously, Robert Downey Jr. is to Iron Man. That is the same as Chris Evans is to Captain America. There's no I'd say Robert guy. Downey Jr. is on a higher level, though. No, it isn't. Really? Really? You're going to go with the terrorist is what you're going to go with? You're <laughs> siding with the terrorist. Okay. That's fine. What do you we mean? get into that. <laughs> I, how Iron Man is the real threat to the Avengers? Yeah, we will get into that. Thank you. Cap, <laughs> Cap 3, baby. Let's get into it. All I'm saying is Captain America is basically just a lesser version of Black Panther. What? It doesn't even kind of make sense. No, that, yeah, that's all right. So they both have some sort of drug that makes them superhuman, and then Black Panther has an entire suit of the magical metal where yeah. Cap just has a shield. Well, wait, wait. I think you're forgetting that someone, someone is able to pick up the hammer. Let me know yeah. when Black Panther. We, we never got a, we never got to see if Black Panther could pick up the hammer. I don't never think he's worthy. So it, so we didn't see it. So that means he's not worthy yet or if ever. Yeah, you you tell me how Iron Man, assisted by his you know the glove of his suit and uh and Rhodey, couldn't even budge Mjolnir yet. Cap gets up there with just his you know button down shirt on, makes it wiggle a little bit, and gets Thor real on edge. So, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss who's worthy. That's a great scene in, in Age of Ultron. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think Hawkeye would be worthy of picking up Thor's hammer. Oh, my God. He, he my... wasn't in Avengers, but, like, yeah, come on. Well, Hawkeye, no, Hawkeye failed in Ultron. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. He, he, he wasn't able to do it in Avengers. But, come on. What, what does it take to be worthy? The man goes out with a bow and arrow and fights armies of aliens and robots. Yeah, but he's also an assassin, you know? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's also a spy before that. And he's a good dad, too. <laughs> yeah, suddenly. He's suddenly a dad. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess we'll just, we'll intro by, did, who else, because I know Mike and I talked about, we talked about this beforehand. Uh, Max, did you, did you rewatch anything for this? No, um, I, I didn't. One thing I'm really big into, I watched like trailers, and I think like, 
like there's some of the Marvel trailers are just so incredible and some of them don't live up to it. Like age of Ultron, that trailer was one of the best trailers of all time. And they made like, they made Ultron seem like the scariest guy ever. And I'm so like, I'm sorry, going off a little tangent. And then they made him like quippy Ultron in the movie. Like it was the first trailer where I got 70 million views. You're like, Oh my God, Ultron is the scariest dude. And then whatever. But like every, my favorite is like the civil war trailer. Wow. But I watched yeah. those, so I've seen honestly, I've seen them so many times. I watched Cap, like Cap Two is my favorite MC move. MC, same here, same here. Thank you. I See, love Winter Soldier. Mike, why don't you have taste yeah. like Ross? Like it's so simple <laughs> to have. My Mike. favorite is still. <laughs> honestly, you're gonna be surprised by my favorite. Well, actually, no, you're not. Is it Captain Marvel? It's either it's either, <laughs> it's either Iron Man or the original Guardians of the Galaxy. They're my two favorites in the MCU. It's which and one? the first Avengers movie. Wait, you said you said Guardians one, Avengers one, and then what? Iron Man one. Iron Man one. Okay, yeah, Iron Man one's like a top three, top four. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good movie, but you know, story wise, it kind of it annoys me because mo- movie release wise, it's obviously the first of the MCU, and so that leads. Oh, before I even go farther. As we say on every podcast, major spoiler alert for the entire MCU when it comes to this. At this point, you're not expecting a spoiler coming in. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, we are going to be discussing every major plot point in at least the character of Captain America, including movies in the MCU, which obviously means Endgame. So if you haven't caught up on the biggest movie of the last ever, you should go watch that first and then come back and listen to us. Really, you probably should just go watch all 31 first. (laughs) So, but so since Iron Man was the first movie, obviously they feel like they have to come full circle in Endgame and make him be the one that goes out. Whereas I believe it should be Cap Cap that goes out. He should be the one that dies because he was the literal first Avenger. And that is, if you don't include, you don't look at anything that was said in Captain Marvel, which apparently means she was the first Avenger or some shit. But... He he should be the we'll one that, that dies. Existence. The movies do. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, well, Endgame moment definitely does. I don't because I feel like while Cap was probably was the first Avenger, I still think Iron Man was. He may not. Um, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. I think he's the most important of the Avengers. And why would that be? I, it just seems like every time he has something major, it's like, like carrying the nuke into space. Uh, he comes up with a plan to stop Ultron. After he uh, creates the problem. He did create the problem, but hey, that's one of the best things about Iron Man is he's flawed. <laughs> very, very flawed in, in a but sense he, that he's the I villain mean, most of the time. His, his intentions were very good. He's trying to find a way to make a earth safe again well i'm gonna say something bold here you know who else had good intentions the red skull he wanted to make the world you know a new place as well Well, yeah but he's a nazi so objectively he's bad well listen listen here thanos had a good idea also exactly that's one of my biggest things with endgame was the fact that 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 they made Thanos' new plan to tear apart like the universe and just rebuild it because I thought at least his initial plan made sense and they it made it a sl- not it didn't make sense but it made him feel more like an actual char- character and not just a cartoon villain. 
Like, yeah, his his plan, and it, it makes sense when you think about it. Like, he wants to, you know, restore balance, get rid of half the population of the universe by doing so, so everybody else... Which really, it does, like, it would never work because the major issue is supply lines, not actual overpopulation, but... Well, it, the weirdest thing was rewatching Endgame, obviously, in July of 2020, where we are dealing, still dealing with COVID and all that. The aftermath of the snap, and in a snap post snap universe is COVID because people are like there's no sports people are trying to cope with new daily lives and I new restrictions why there was no that. sports really half of all people included every single athlete well apparently got rid of all the Mets it got rid of all the Mets <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh that's the biggest uh that's that's one of the biggest things I can't believe in uh in the entire MCU, they ask a New Yorker about baseball and he chooses to be a Mets fan. Come on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the Yankees wouldn't agree to it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, and they're all trying to cope. There's like, they're like, cause in that movie, Captain America is, well, Steve Rogers in this case, he sets up a support group for survivors. Because as you see through all of these movies, he's very much pro human. He's not like you look at him, you go, Captain America, he's, you know, America first. No, he's really pro people because in the first movie in First Avenger, he doesn't go to war because he thinks the country is right. He goes to war and he says it because other men are laying down their lives. So what else is like, that's the least I can do. So he's not doing it because he loves the thought of going to war for the country. He's doing it because other his like well, do have, friends are doing it. I, I do feel like by... This ends up getting changed with his character development, but, like, they make a point that he's the man out of time, that, like, as if he could ever live without a conflict to fight for. And I do think that that's true to his character. Like, he does need, a con- like, something a conflict to fight for. He at does. least until the later, I'd say, maybe post-Civil War. Let me just say, one of the, one of the best acting scenes in the MCU, hands down, is when Cap, this was what at the end of Cap 1, when he wakes up in New York City in mm-hmm. present day, and he's running around in Times Square, and it's just like, he's like, oh my God, it's so crazy. I mean, they, right. they, listen, they made him, he's a big guy, but they made him wear like a size small shirt, so he looked gigantic. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh my God, just running through, through that guy, through like the, like that wall that was drywall, and it was just like, wow. Like, right. I, can I just say though, the whole size down Chris Evans at the start of Captain America looks terrifying. It's like, scary. <laughs> like rewatching that was very scary. Like knowing like, that, I don't that know theater what actor was there. Effect, but oh my god. It was it, a theater actor. It was a skinny dude that they grafted his head onto. Mm-hmm. And um because at the the behind the scenes, one of the behind the scenes features on the Blu-ray is um they actually show like the footage, the unedited footage, so you see the original actor doing it. And the dude is not camera ready. So you got to be, you got to be, he's got to be incredibly happy that he's got Chris Evans' face on his body, <laughs> you know? But I think the craziest thing to what Max, to Max, what you said about that scene when he comes out to Times Square, the best part about that whole scene, aside from, you know, Cap, you've been asleep for seven years, whatever. In S.H.I.E.L.D., all of their infinite resources, all of the time that they had when he was frozen to when they thawed him out, they somehow managed to pick the one game that Cap was actually <laughs> at. Are you serious? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> Someone had to have gotten fired for that. 
<laughs> well, that, that redheaded girl definitely got fired. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, the saddest thing, he's like, oh, like, like he was like, I had, I had a dance that I had to go to. I was like, so, listen, let me just say, he had, the, he had the best arc, and I think he had an incredible ending. Obviously, Iron Man had a great ending. I think they did him very well, too. But overall, he had the best arc where he came from in the first, in the first Avenger, where he was so pro- government he was he was there to fight for his nation and then obviously we're going to talk about cap two where he he learns that you know the organization he works for isn't who he really thinks it is cap two is obviously like the shining moment for the character i think that that was cap at his best yeah yeah and it's it's funny because even in that movie just little lines because the whole thing is obviously how much has fury been holding back from cap during all this like what lies are he is he has he been keeping from him they do get into that a little bit in avengers one where they like Tony's hacking into the computer and cap just goes and breaks in and is like oh what's this yeah and the first avengers movie is kind of where like the shell starts to crack for cap because all it really takes is a couple people, basically, you know, Banner and um, Stark looking at him and going, are you sure? Like, are you sure? And then he's sure. kind of like, oh, wait, I guess. And then he starts to kind of, the ball rolls on him. Like, okay, maybe something's going on here, whatever. But within Winter Soldier, the whole movie is essentially uh, Nick Fury lying and Cap finding out the extent of the lies, basically. But there's the one little lie that it's, well, it's not little, but it's when uh, Fury says, the last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. Now, even though we mentioned that we're not going to bring up Captain Marvel, that is a lie in and of itself <laughs> because he lost it to an alien cat. Yeah. <laughs> that, that might be the single moment that pissed me off the most in, <laughs> in all of the MCU. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, it's one of those things that now, like, obviously, because it came later, and I'm sure that when they wrote the line in Winter Soldier, they wanted it to sound badass which it does. Mm-hmm. But when they did Captain Marvel and they decided to re- recon the, uh, the eye scratch, then you look back at Winter Soldier and you go, okay, well, in this timeline, obviously Fury would have known how his own eye got lost. You yeah. know? So he, for him to say that, he just can't stop lying. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, know. I will say something. I said it before the show. I don't like Cap 1. I, I mean, I don't think it's a bad movie, but I do think the entire first half is pretty much boring. Like, and everyone loves, like, World War II is, like, one of the best wars. Like, everyone loves a good World War II movie. And the only thing right. I'll give you that I'll, like, that I'll maybe give you that you could ever say anything bad about Cap, and I'll agree with you, because every, every other thing, 99,000 other things I'll disagree with you. If you want to say Cap's suit in the Avengers one was rinky dinky and weird. I'll, I'll give it to you. He was wearing spandex. Okay. That was horrible. And I hate Whedon for making him do that. But then terrible. Everything else is great. I, I'm the first half of cap one is, I mean, cap one is a bottom 10 MCU movie in my eyes. I, I mean, I'm like, all the time I've known you, you've said some ridiculous shit and that is right <laughs> up there. That's right up there with it. I mean, you can look at both the first two Thors, you can look at in a War Two is what I consider the worst movie in the end. Yeah, from a certain extent, you can look at Ant Man and the Wasp and Ant Man because Ant Man One's fine. Ant Man and the Wasp is it's not it's not better. You know, Captain Marvel's down there at the bottom. 
I think Guardians 2 is at the bottom. I'm not a fan I of that movie at I all. think I have more fun watching Guardians 2 than I do watching Cap 1. You I'm mean, not saying it's necessarily a better movie, but it's definitely a more fun movie. You mean Daddy Issues Volume 2 is what you'd rather watch? Daddy Issues Volume 2. <laughs> I mean, it's it sucks. But to get back to, you know, like you said, Max, with the costume and the spandex and Avengers, now, story-wise, Coulson is the one that says that he had some design input. So are you telling me that Coulson, who worships Captain America, wants him to look like he's wearing a Halloween costume? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what's going on here? Well, Ross, did you watch uh, – did you ever watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. I, I stuck around with that show for about two seasons. Oh, my God. I'm the same. I, I watched it like two or three seasons, um, and it was just uh, – what was that? The, the Tahiti thing? Do you remember that? With the- yeah, that was – I think that's when about when I – like, I was like, okay – you know, Coulson's not a life model decoy. They just reprogrammed him or some shit. Yeah. You know? I could never get into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I never knew exactly where it stood in the canon of the universe. Like, it was weird. I mean, they had episodes like when, like, not to give anything up, I remember Sif was in an episode and I was yes. like, oh my God, she's beautiful. I'm oh, yeah. watching it for this. Sif was in an episode. They had one like that coincided with, like, dude, it, it was weird because it was like happening during all the movies, but like, they were too poor to actually have any of the real actors come in. Right. Honestly, if right. I'm Chris Evans, I'm not coming in a, like a freaking show like that. So they would no. like mention them and be like, oh, look what happened in DC. We know what happened in DC, but it, it yeah. just felt weird. Yeah, and that's, well, that's the thing. Winter Soldier directly affected that show. And it was like, it was the one thing where if you look at, say, the Netflix shows, they always have in the background some like paper cutout of the, if the New York event, you know, the Battle of New York. Yeah. But they never actually mention it. Whereas that show directly was pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, the agents of shield was directly affected by winter soldier, you know, the events of that, but yeah, I didn't stick around much longer than I think the second season, if I even finished that off. I just have to say, even soldier in my eyes is it, it, it's all, it's not even, it's not a superhero movie. It's almost a seventies, like spy drama. More than seventies, like political spy drama, but guess what? It's still like, dude, they, like one, his fighting style, they made sure between the first and second one, they're like, we're going to make this fighting style badass. He's going to do like parkour, like, dude, him coming on the ship and being. Oh, no, me saying that was not trying to trash Cap 2. I just thought it was cool how they paid homage to like the spy dramas from like the 70s and 80s. We're going to get into how like we're going to talk about the best trilogies at some point during this. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can't wait. I can't oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So, you know, well, if you want to talk about Winter Soldier and his fighting style, I want to see either the the mini episode or the, like the Blu-ray DVD 4K extra or whatever where Cap goes through uh, Shield martial arts training. So he learns how to like you know the physics of the Shield because the way that thing moves, he is either the master of Shield throwing you know throughout the universe. Or he's like Stephen Hawking level physics expert. Wait, what? <laughs> Rewatching Ultron, apparently Hawkeye's sick at throwing the shield yeah, too. Everybody is. Robots game. <laughs> yeah, it's a team effort most of the time. He <laughs> fights with other people with that thing. Especially in Civil War, he fights with Bucky against Iron Man with that shield. <laughs> no, I, I do think that uh, Ultron makes a good point with uh, – the metal, they're like, oh, they made a Frisbee out of this magical metal. Exactly. Yeah, the most versatile metal in the universe, and they made a Frisbee out of it. Wow, Mike, you literally hate 
Cap so much. You're like, you know, I don't hate Cap. Ultron's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> yeah, right. He had the right idea. <laughs> it's like yeah, saying it's funny Cap. Cap. about some good ideas. I do think James Spader voicing Ultron is amazing. He was I, good. Yeah, I'll give him that. Like they they picked the right. That's what, and that's the thing with Marvel movies. For the villains, aside from Loki being the most memorable to everybody, they do manage to pick people that are good at the time of when you're watching the movie. They may not have stel- like staying power, but they do pick good performers. And, Ol- and Spader I, was definitely one for Ultron. I don't think Jeff Bridges gets enough credit for Obadiah Stane. I think he's amazing. And Jeff Bridges is one of my all-time favorite actors, but... yeah. I, like they they talk about how they just basically keep redoing the Jeff Bridges character essentially in a lot of the Marvel movies. It's just an angry businessman type. Well, and yeah, it's, it's also kind of like so menacing in his role. Yeah, and he can one of the things that he does better than any other Marvel supervillain is invading personal space. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like I think that that is something that's pretty important in a villain. Like he unnerves you. He <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Marvel kind of fell down that hole. It's the same hole that the Mission Impossible movies and some of the James Bond movies fall into, where it's just an X MI five or X you know 007 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Those agents are now evil, and they got to come back, and you gotta, the good guys have to take them out. Well, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of like that with the Marvel movies, though. It's difficult because, you know, people, like, you have, like, non-superhero movie fans, and they're like, wow, like, you know the Avengers are going to win, or you know Cap's going to, yeah, well, you know, they're not going to stretch, like, Aldridge Killian over three movies. I'm sorry. Like, you yeah, know, right. it's going to be good, but. Yeah, exactly. Now, I will say one of the best angry businessmen is uh, Mysterio in spider-man far from home just jake gyllenhaal is just so good oh dude that was a great like i ross i agree their casting is second to none i think their casting for the superheroes is great yeah and then the villains you're like you just think like what wait how'd they get them but you realize oh wait they're marvel they're they're, they're best cinematic what they're doing now we're gonna look they managed to get all the sexy chrises all of them yeah except one (laughs) Except Chris Pine, baby. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they, they missed him so far. I'm sure he'll show up at some point. <laughs> New Marvel movies announced Chris Pine's the star. Right. The Chris, we have completed the Chris set. <laughs> we we assembled the Infinity Chrises. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, like you're saying, Max, is they did, they pick great performers and like the people, like um, Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull in Cap 1. Now, going back, I hadn't watched that in a while, and re-watching it. Do you guys watch the TV show What We Do in the Shadows? No. No. Okay. It's, it's a TV show, show, The Vampires. It's based off of the movie, the Taika Waititi movie, and it's in the same universe, but it's um, these three different vampires that live in Staten Island. And one of them is named Nandor. Now, he's ancient. He's like 3,000 years old or whatever, but he sounds like Red Skull with a slightly Middle Eastern accent. <laughs> and that's the only thing I could think of the whole time I'm watching it. Oh wait, Ross is sort of upset. Is he starring in that show too? He he has or he plays his movie role in a couple episodes. Okay, the, I watched the movie. No, I was watching. Oh my god, that is so funny that yeah. I, I didn't put the name to it, but I'm like, yes, I have seen that. Right. I feel like Michael Waititi is one of the biggest surprises to come from the MCU. 
Like, I did not have high expectations for Thor Ragnarok because of the first two Thors. And my God, did that man put together an amazing movie. It's one of the best Marvel movies. Yeah, it's because he's a great director. And, you know, all the stuff he's done so far has been great. Like, Jojo Rabbit's excellent. Oh, I love Jojo Rabbit. I finally saw that. That's one of my favorite movies of 2019. Well, dude, I don't know know how, like, we're not, I know, we're not talking about Thor this episode, but, like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to come out on a limb, all right? I, I actually, funny enough, I like Thor 2 better than Thor 1. Save the hate for later. But <laughs> I'm, I'm coming out and saying, dude, like, Thor, like, Chris, like Chris Hemsworth as Thor, like, he just was bland. Like, he was so strong in his character. Right. Like, the best thing about him was his relationship with Loki, and it was awesome. But Thor 3 was like, wow, this guy's funny. They, they actually were like, oh, oh, he, he's pretty funny. Maybe we should do some stuff with that. Yeah, they, 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 they cracked it. They knew what they had, finally. <laughs> and I will say, in terms of, like, character arcs, Thor's character arc from Thor 3, we'll call, we'll call it from Age of Ultron through Endgame, I think that's actually one of the most underrated character arcs in the movies. It's good. He, he's a pretty static character after Thor 1. Like he he has he he changes in Thor one yeah he gets his character development there going from an asshole to a pretty likable guy well yeah he, that character it, for until probably towards the end uh towards the end of Age of Ultron yeah Thor one is essentially Marvel's Lion King yeah it's what it is <laughs> he's Simba. <laughs> you know, he really is. He's Simba and Scar is Loki. That's like the only difference. <laughs> well, but, dude, I think yeah. Loki is one of the best um hires that they had too, where he originally was going for Thor, and then they, they were like, screw that, like you're so freaking good. Let's keep you yeah. in the universe. Yeah, and it again it was a great choice. And it's funny because you look at that relationship, like obviously Thor and Loki are, you know, brothers, they Love, hate, all that kind of stuff, you know? But then you look at the relationship, and it's funny, I noticed it rewatching all these cat movies. The relationship between him and Black Widow is, is one of the better ones as well, because he really starts off as okay, she's this random woman I just met for the Avengers, and she's a teammate. And it slowly begins to grow into like a friendship. And, you know, yeah. they really are, you know, they're good friends, especially in Endgame when he comes back from doing his, um, his support group stuff and she's sitting there trying to keep together what little remnants there are of the Avengers left and trying to keep people busy. He comes in and he's just a friend. He kind of walks in and says like, how you doing? He's checking on her and he's, he's not there as an Avenger. He's there as a friend. And it just shows, you know, who cap really is when it comes down to it. He cares about personal relationships in order to get to the greater good, you know? It's funny because Black Widow ends up being someone who I think has some of the best chemistry with the entire cast. Yeah. But yes, would, that's good. Scarlet's great. <laughs> and I would say by Endgame, she has she sort of became the heart of the Avengers. Kind of. I, I mean, that's kind of. I mean, personally, personally, I think they should have killed Hawkeye instead. It would have been. I, I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have had the same impact as killing her. Well, it would have because his whole story is trying to get back to his family, but he yeah. makes a sacrifice to Without save the family. world. You know, and it's it's him picking the greater yeah. good as opposed to just his own personal life. Though I think the personal stakes are probably higher for Hawkeye. I 
think as an audience, we grew more attached to Black Widow. So I think it hurt the audience more to see Black Widow go than Harka. Yeah, and that, that's kind of like the Pixar mentality. It's like, what can we choose here to make people cry? You know? Yeah. It's, well, yeah. Go ahead, Max. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, because I think, you know, they've, they've shown Black Widow more leading up. And that's why I think they, in Endgame, they gave Hawkeye a bit. Like they, I feel like they tried to give him like a catch up thing where they put him in that a lot. They start out the movie with him. But I agree with Mike saying that, you know, we've seen more Black Widow in different movies where she had a, like kind of a th- weird thing with Cap and, yeah. and, and Cap too. And then obviously with Hulk and it was just, she was kind of around with everybody and like feeding into that. So I, 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 I could see both ways with you guys were saying like which, who you wanted to kill there. Yeah. And she was technically Cap's first kiss. <laughs> that is, I love their chemistry in Cap 2. Oh, yeah. In Winter Soldier. It's, it's one of the best parts of the movie. It really is. Like but, the uh, whole sort of buddy spy between the two of them is great. And I think credit needs to be done because we, if we're going to talk about Captain America in these movies, we have to, and obviously we've talked about his suit. Now, personally, my favorite suit is in Winter Soldier. It's, it's my favorite. Dark blue. Exactly. It's, it's so cool looking and it's great. He's also got, if you didn't notice, a night shield and a day shield. Yes. (laughs) I love that fact. I love that little touch that doesn't come back. But in that movie, we're also introduced to the disguise. (laughs) <laughs> with yep. the, the blank baseball cap with the bomber jacket and the Ray-Bans oh, yeah. suddenly Captain America is just a regular dude <laughs> or he throws his hood up with glasses on and he's just a regular guy you know you can't, you don't know who he is <laughs> and even wearing that he's still able to hook up with up in, <laughs> right exactly <laughs> one of the things that was brought up in Age of Ultron uh, they bring, they're like oh you get a place in Brooklyn yet he's like I don't think I could afford a place in Brooklyn <laughs> right. like, wait wait a minute wait a minute Shield is like where are these people living besides Tony Stark and Hawkeye where are they living <laughs> exactly and well that's the thing um, Cap has in Winter Soldier we see that Cap has an apartment in DC mm-hmm. and I think one of the funniest things about that apartment is on the bookshelf when he comes in after Fury has been um, after Fury has been assaulted by the DC police in a very uncomfortable scene for now now today's political climate, um, when he comes into his apartment, you get a shot of his bookshelf, and he has two copies of a book called The Second World War. Now, what what? Okay, a why does he need that? He was there, and <laughs> two is it just for the years after he went in the ice? Like, is it some specific thing? And why does he have two copies of it? Like, is, are they, did a friend of his write it or something? <laughs> I couldn't check, the, I couldn't catch the author's name. And the other thing with that is, an apartment in D.C. is definitely more expensive than an apartment in Brooklyn. Yeah, and he's downtown. He's like K Street. He's right there. <laughs> you know, he's right All right, listen, Shield is paying for that. Get out of yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a room not willing to get this man an apartment in Brooklyn? Man, screw shield if that is the case. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a, you know, it's a room and board kind of thing. You know, you can't stay. He doesn't want to stay at the shield headquarters. So he goes, he doesn't want to be like Rumlow's roommate. So he has to have his own spot, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> he knows Rumlow's like, you know, the sloppy guy. <laughs> oh, no, of course. Yeah. But yeah, it's imagine, so, okay. imagine in an alternate universe where Barton is in the rest of the movies and him and Barton are roommates. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be a lot of uh, 
I think there'd be a lot of interesting dark games. That would that would be a, very much what I would imagine if Max was roommates with Chris Evans, just fanboying all the time. <laughs> no, no, I would. Do you guys do you guys watch any of those Hish? How it should have ended. Always. Yeah. Always. I mean, I think there was one. I don't know. I, it might have been at the end of that movie or whatever. But he like is in the elevator with the guys, and Cap says. Hydra. He acts like he's like part of Hydra, and they're like, "Cool." Oh, I don't know which one. And they gave him. Uh, they're like, "Okay, he's cool. Like he's definitely in Hydra." I forget which what what Hish that was from. It was. So it's Endgame. Cool. It should be Endgame. Let me just say the elevator fight yeah. scene. Oh my god! What is best? It, it's the. I think it's the most memed moment from uh, yeah. the MCU. So. Yeah. It has become a great dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, the fact, like, the craziest part is, and I love it. And JR, my friend JR, always talks crap about it. When he, like, jumps out of the elevator that far, like, you see, like, like, they made him, they, like, made him powerful enough that he could jump out of the helicopter in the beginning of the movie into the ocean and he right. jumps out of, you know, 200 feet in the air and breaks and there's glass everywhere. It's just, you're like, yo, that's freaking crazy. Right. Yeah, he's, Wait, he's. How many times does he hold a helicopter back from going somewhere? Just the one time, unfortunately. He only does it the one time in um, Civil War. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's I think yeah, Winter Soldier is pretty great, especially how they sneak in uh, Marvel's The Notebook featuring Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have that little scene where you find out that they're just reenacting the notebook. <laughs> Does anyone else find it a little disturbing that he has a sort of thing with Peggy's niece? Then she just sort of, her niece just disappears like she whatever happened to her and then he goes back in time to be with Peggy. So is that his niece or Yeah, I mean, well there is the there is the theory that he is I saw this cuz you know, in doing research for this, I was trying to find some of the most ridiculous shit the internet has to say about him. But one of the things is that allegedly Cap could possibly be Star Wars' grandfather. Because <laughs> apparently he, um, the actress that plays Star Lord's mom, um, is has a little bit role, a little bit part, like blinking you miss her in the first one, in the first Avenger, and it kind of like Cap. It's when he's doing his performances, like his around the world tour, and. It's he kind of has this little thing where he sees her, stops, and is like taken aback by her, like, oh, this chick's hot. So, like, the theory goes that he had a one night stand with her. She then met Star Lord's or the, or the man that Star Lord calls his grandfather. Yeah. And the actual, you know, son or whatever, uh, or daughter then gives birth to, you know, Star Lord. So, wow. the chain is Steve <laughs> Rogers is Star Lord's grandfather. Cap <laughs> never, re- never got a scene together. Kind of, kind of upsetting. Cap and who? And Star Lord? Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm yeah. fine with it. I think I think he's much better working off of Thor as it is. I'm not. I'm not a. I'll say it here, and, and I don't care if I get stoned in the streets. I'm not a giant Chris Brad fan. He's fine, but I'm not a huge fan. I Chris I think he Brad goes very well with Hemsworth. Wrong, and, yeah, but... he goes very well with Hemsworth, Mike. I think, and that's why in Guardians Four, which they're or either Thor Four or Guardians Four, I think Guardians Four would come before that. Um, they're, they're, I, wh- why are they not calling that as Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> <laughs> they definitely should. What <laughs> you were saying, Max? What were you saying? Uh, no, I just, I th- yeah, I agree, Ross. Right? I don't, I wouldn't care so much about Cap being with. I think he goes better like, I, like with other girls, other than like RDJ. Like him and Iron Man go good together. But like, I feel like Thor is more like funny now, and Star Lord's funny. So just seeing those guys go back and forth. 
I want to see him and uh, Doctor Strange. Have they had something together, Cap and Doctor Strange? Um, no, yeah. no, they don't. They, yeah, they don't share any scenes together, even in Endgame. Like they're not even, they're not even really. They don't interact in that at all. It's it's it's, it's kind of odd. One yeah. of my favorite things with Cap is how Ant Man interacts with him. He loves him. <laughs> the he's worshiping, yeah, how he worships him. Yeah, that that's one of the good parts. Well, Rudd um, is how I would. I thought Ant Man was another one that's sort of a surprise standout. Paul Rudd is just great too. God doesn't age. Exactly. He's he's like Steve Rogers. He, he's he <laughs> yeah. He has the uh, he has the super soldier serum. <laughs> now we've discussed a couple immortal actors that are probably hidden immortals because Keanu Reeves is probably immortal. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love it, Matt, Mike. Did you just have to wedge Keanu in every episode? Like we've oh, yeah, done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike just has that, Ross. He has that written on his arm, just in Sharpie. <laughs> and he, like every week, it like it's starting to wear off, and he just writes it again before the episode. Right. Like, <laughs> must bring up Keanu. <laughs> but Listen, I have Keanu Reeves. They, like, they have pictures of Keanu, paintings of Keanu Reeves from like the 1500s, and the man has an age. He's like 56 and looks yeah, like in his 30s. Dude, Mike, I, you know I have a point, like I have a point break poster in my room. Like he's uh, actually, he's not, he's not on the poster. That's crazy. They have the four presidents in there. Like Swayze and the other surfers are on there, but. I don't know if you can see my shirt, Max, but. Oh, Utah! <laughs> for everyone listening, it's it's a shirt that says "Utah, get me too." For yeah, when Utah, Pat, me too. For for when Atlas wants two meatball subs. <laughs> now, now, Ross, I know what Mike is gonna say, and I wanna, I want, I'm, I'm gonna say all the movie posters I have on my wall, and I want you to give me a thumb up or thumbs down. Okay, Mike okay. has already been in my room, so I don't care for his opinion even before. Okay, but so okay, we'll start one. Fire away. Point break. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Of course, thumbs up. Two thumbs. Okay. Down. Um, Avengers Age of Ultron poster. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go one up, one down. You know. Okay. Rocky. Uh, which the first Rocky? The first. Okay, they're both pointing at each other sideways. It's it's a it's <laughs> medium. Man, you don't like Rocky? <laughs> Come on, I love Rocky. If it's Rocky Four, two thumbs up. Rocky Four, <laughs> Rocky Four. Yeah, Rocky One is. A great movie. I'm not denying that. I'm saying it's a fine movie, but the poster you need is oh, Dolph Lundgren. That's what you need. <laughs> All right, we'll keep going. Good, Goodfellas. Okay, I'm going to go on record as saying I'm fine with Goodfellas. I don't worship it like a lot of people do, but I'm fine with it. So I'll say one up, one down. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now I like Casino better than Goodfellas. I'm right talking. there with you. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I would agree right. with that. I'm not the biggest Goodfellas fan, though. I do love Ray Liotta in it. Yeah, Ray Liotta's. Yeah. All right, ne- next one, American Pie, the first one. <laughs> if I, when I was a senior in high school, I would have said two thumbs. <laughs> but now I'm going to say you should probably take it down. <laughs> you know, I think, no, I think you like American Reunion more. That's more. <laughs> oh, I mean, who doesn't? It's one yeah. of the classics of our time. All right, The Hangover <laughs> 1. Again, like 10 years ago, I would have told you definitely one of the greats. But now it's more of a one-up, one-down situation. Okay. Uh, Just because my thoughts on Zach Galifianakis have really faded. True. <laughs> uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Obviously, this three thumbs up. What are you doing? I'm putting toes in the air. For Wait, you're, you're putting three thumbs up for Winter Soldier over Point Break? Point Break only got two thumbs up. 
What are you doing, Austin? We're talking about Captain America here. Of course. Yeah, we're talking about Cap here. Come on. We talked about Point Break last week. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm always willing to talk about Point Break. I can can do the full podcast just talking about the intricacies of Point Break. And like I said, we can do the Keanu cast later. (laughs) All right. Next next up, we'll get through this. I have like two more posters, two or three more left. All right. Get ready for this. There's two of them. I'll just go one. I have the Entourage show poster from season eight. Two down. I love that. Other people's hands, I'm putting their thumbs down too. <laughs> um, and also, the Entourage movie poster. I do. I have an Entourage movie poster because I'm, I'm a Dear real. Dear God, fan. I'm I'm muting you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the show and I couldn't get enough of it. Okay, the next one, The Fast and the Furious. I, I watch what you say about this. I love the first and Fast Five. Fast Five, one of the best movies too. Okay, so Point Break with Cars, but yeah. It's, <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm I'm okay with those movies. Uh, I think they get better as they go. Once they kind of leave the whole Point Break with Cars, uh, you know, formula behind, I think they get a lot better. Like I'm I'm pro ridiculous fast movies. Thank you. Know, you. The, the best. I'm, I'm more Hobbs and, Hall, or Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> yeah, Hall. it was good. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, it was like surprisingly good. Like everyone's kind of talking shit on it, and we. You know, polit- political plug here. Everyone write in Dwayne the Rock Johnson for president. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me get last movie here. Last movie I have. There's no way either of you are gonna say nay on this. There's literally no way. It's a classic. Three, two, one. Jaws. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously, that, that's a classic. That's quintessential yeah. movies, like, and especially for this weekend. You know, the Fourth of July weekend. Of course, yeah, like that but, is the the quintessential summer blockbuster. Yeah, and my real question is, Max, how much wall space do you have? <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of posters, man. <laughs> They're all like twenty four by thirty six, dude. But how many? Uh, how much do you spend on frames? Do you have a framing guy? No, dude, I bought them all off eBay like years ago. Um, and it was like a one time purchase because it was like for I did it for myself. I was like, dude, like, I if I just if you hang them up on your walls with like the fucking pins, whatever, it destroys the posters after a little bit. So I'm like, let me just spend money and these will be good for years. And they are so yeah, probably they're not, I mean, dude, they're like 15 bucks for like a 24 by 36. Yeah, me and Ross know a framing guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Paul's custom war is Barrington, New Jersey. If you need it, <laughs> but uh, sorry about that little thing. We'll get back into no, Avengers no, it's right fine. Now. It was actually a good little break we could take. So now we can do our mid uh, mid show beer catch up. Mike, how's your beer doing? Uh, I am on beer number three. So I'm considering I'm fighting through a hangover drinking these. <laughs> hey, it's pretty good. So you're trying to erase the hangover with more beer. The hair of the dog worked. There you go. How's the Bud Light treating you, Max? I'm on my second one, and I regret being on this show. So, <laughs> hey, hey, I told you you were supposed to get a local beer. It is your fault that you are drinking Bud Light right now. Don't blame us. You know what? I forgot. Okay, so that's on myself. <laughs> that's, that's on you. Yeah, usually the Bud Light is on the person drinking it. It's not usually the the group's fault. <laughs> yeah, I think mine's pretty great. The checks and balances from Red, White, and Brew. It's it's pretty awesome. It's a nice little brewery in uh, Audubon too. It's, uh, I've never actually well, been there, and that's kind of surprising because Audubon's literally like ten minutes or five minutes from me. Yeah, it's on Merchant Street. It's it's right there. It's I a pretty can't wait it's, for you guys to get that sponsorship by like unlimited, like these beer. But you're shouting them out. They better be throwing you guys money. And be like, hey, listen, I got a beer for you to try in the next one. That's the goal. Hey, cross, 
A couple of the breweries have been following us on Instagram. We get a lot of likes from them. So hopefully that happens pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, there's one that I plan on, you know, bringing back regularly because it's one of my favorites. So uh, you'll be hearing a lot about Ship Bottom Brewery in LBI. And Cross, Cross Keys, like, sent me a message recommending some of their beers. Nice. Did they recommend it with, like, the free beers for life card? No, no, I really wish they did, because then I would be going to Cross Keys quite a bit. Yeah, right. You know, like, my, my favorite beer, I don't know about you guys, my, mine is probably, like, it's just going to be, like, Corona. I like Corona with a lime. Like this I hate Corona, dark. I'm being honest. Again, <laughs> like, in college, like, 20 years ago, I, I would have been right there with you, but now that I've tasted other beers, it's like, no, I, I can't do it. Ross, I'll be honest. Like, I try. Like, I try to drink IPAs, and I, like, maybe just because, like, a lot of my friends don't drink them up here, so I don't know where to steer, but I'll, I'll the, go out on a limb, but I don't like the ones I'm tasting. So I feel like – By the end of college, Max was drinking mostly, like, White Claws. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, no. I drink them because they're low-carb, <laughs> dick, and I'm trying to <laughs> – so, like, there's a like. You think I'm just doing this because I like to feel like my stomach churn over with sugar? Like, no, health, health conscious. That's why you want to I like it. At it's least fine. be a man and just drink tequila or something. <laughs> just bust out the uh, the the twelve year old scotch and you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, the best is a- uh, champagne. That's the most healthy stuff. It's like so low cows. Like what all the celebrities drink when they're like, it's air. <laughs> It's alcohol flavored air. I thought tequila was one of the most healthy alcohols because it has like the agave sugar, the natural sugar. Well, that's what the rock will tell you. Yeah, as he's pitching you, I believe his the tequila. Rock. <laughs> if I'm gonna if I'm gonna listen to one person, it's the rock. Right, his Brahma tequila, whatever. I want to vote the rock in as president. Yeah, it sounds like, like it. He's on steroids. So, right. So is Captain America. Oh please! Uh, oh please! <laughs> Super soldier serum is no way steroids. That was working with his natural body. The rocket. Listen, I'll say it right now. I think uh, like we're talking about actors here. Chris Evans isn't so big where I would say he is. I would say Hemsworth, no doubt. I know Tom Hardy has done it a lot in the past. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think I wouldn't think Hemsworth is on steroids. I, I do. You've seen no, no. You, you, here's why he's on steroids, really quickly, because not because of how big he's gotten, but he did that movie, the Moby Dick movie. And he had to get to like a hundred and fucking fifty pounds, and then like uh, eight months later, he got back to two hundred and forty and was jacked. Like, dude, hey, you don't do that. Uh, I mean, Christian Bale does that all the time. Okay, well, uh, Christian Bale isn't as big as him. One, he got shredded. He he was like big and he was shredded for The Dark Knight, but no, like not like Hemsworth, dude. Hemsworth is a freaking. You see that guy's biceps, dude. There's no way. Since we don't normally do a video, I just want everyone to know that Ross briefly had a cat in his arms. Yeah, she Aww. was she was yelling and jumping up. So I didn't see it's, it. it's it's our loudmouth cat that we have. So I have to I have to appease her sometimes. <laughs> and now I'm getting the now I'm getting the look like you're talking about me. Really? <laughs> Cats are spiteful. Yeah, right, mine definitely is. You want to know what's so funny? Next, uh, our next pod podcast, we're having a dog that has almost has more followers than us. Nice. The dog is a Pomeranian that has 22,000 Instagram followers. And it was harder to get that dog on the podcast than most people. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? <dude?" laughs> Couldn't find the right translator or what? Dude, I had to like, get, reach out to his agent. And I was like, hey. <laughs> That's what we're trying to get Colleen on soon but i don't know what uh movies to go with for her to come on <laughs> all right she doesn't know shit dude i bring up like 
bland vanilla references and she doesn't understand them so don't even i don't even know like you gotta i don't know what to do you're gonna be like okay okay colleen we're talking about tv you know what that is <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know she is who runs the new jersey memes account <laughs> nice. yeah, she, she's cool and stuff uh she, she steals my shit all the time but it's, it's, it's okay <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, so i guess back to cap so yeah, the, the world's uh, youngest 106-year-old man. <laughs> so I re- rewatched uh, Civil War to prep for this because I hadn't watched it in a while, and it was not as good as I remembered it. Yeah, it was – yeah, I, again, I rewatched this one. I thought it was – it was long. God, it was so it long. It definitely has, like, its great moments, but there – there's just some stuff with it that I'm just like, eh, this is this is okay. Yeah, I think the problem, the thing with Civil War though is, well, one, it adds a leather jacket to the disguise. Yes. <laughs> so it does that, but then it also gives you the idea that maybe Sam and Cap go shopping for the disguise together because <laughs> Cap, Cap's hat is blue and Sam's is red, so they both match their their, their costumes. <laughs> They're color coordinated. Uh, now. Some of the best parts about Civil War, though, are the first introductions to some of the heroes. Black Panther is great in it. Yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good backdoor pilot for for Black Panther and Spider Man. Yeah, honest, I mean, yeah. when you look Man at that though, win. he's kind of wedged in there. He is. It, it does not feel natural for Tony to bring this child into this life or death situation. To be perfectly no, it doesn't. But also, <laughs> that's. Oh, our buddy JR, who is also on the MCM, podcast, <laughs> will tell you that that is the best Spider-Man in the MCU. That's one thing me, me and JR can agree on that. I, I think Tom, Tom Holland, another great person to have in. I think he fits the kid vibe. He's not 30 like Tobey Maguire was. Right. He's not annoying like, like freaking Garfield was. I think he's perfect for it. And yeah, it was, it felt a little forced bringing him in, but I think what was that in the first, um, well, because Civil War came out in 2016, and in the I first... I thought it was 2015, sp- Max. 16. 16. 16? 15 was Ultron. Yeah. Wow. yeah. But um, they, they, I think they showed, like, a GoPro video um, in one of the Spider-Mans to show behind the scenes when he was, like, filming, and it was kind of cool. It found, like, it makes him feel like he's a young kid where he's using a GoPro, and yeah, know, him coming in. The, the airport battle, I think, it was kind of overrated. It was good, but... It I was rem- very overrated. I remember liking it a lot more the first time. Yeah, but but again, the best parts of the airport battle are the parts that Spider Man is in. Well, that's and that's the thing. But when you think about the Sokovia Accords, which are introduced in Civil War, which essentially say that okay, Avengers, um, be under the guidelines of the UN or become criminals. That's what it boils down to in a nutshell. And Tony takes the side of the government because he's a government stooge and a terrorist, and Cap takes the side of you know the right-minded people because that's messed up. And the thing is, though, they purposely have this fight at the Berlin airport, which they clear out. And yet, one of the main things about the Sokovia Accords is all the property damage done by the Avengers. Because General Ross goes through that danger porn, you know, that, that destruction porn video, where he's just waiting for them to cry. Like a, again, like a Pixar movie. He's waiting them for them to cry at all this damage that they've done. 
yet they go to the Berlin airport. And what is the first thing that Vision does? He starts heat striking everything and destroying this, this Berlin airport. Got to be millions of dollars of damage done to this place. And of course, they don't care because it's in the service of getting Cap, the, the, uh, the fugitive from the law. Now, I'm going to... I'm not sure either side is right on whether or not to sign these Sokovia Accords. And by saying that, you're wrong. I, I'm not, but <laughs> uh, Tony Stark felt responsible for all the damage and lives lost for... He felt guilty because one guy died. <laughs> yeah. Had that woman not brought her son up in that ridiculous elevator scene, she's just waiting there, you know, for no reason after his little pitch to the MIT grads. You know, had she not been there, I guarantee you the movie wouldn't have happened because well, Tony wouldn't have been, more, he wouldn't have helped. I, I think it fits with Tony's arc and him trying to do the right thing. See, that's the thing. He's always trying to do the right thing for what makes him feel better about being a Stark and no longer being a weapons monger. You know, all of his motivation in all of these movies is so selfish when it comes to that. But also with, so with Captain America just not signing it, I get that maybe they don't get to go somewhere that they should be at, but also to not to not take on the checks or the responsibility of what you did, it's sort of equally wrong. Well, that's the thing. I think what they needed to do was, and obviously I'm very much protein cap in this situation. You know, government oversight in this situation is not something that needs to be Oh, I, I'm not a big government person, but also I get where the people that signed the accords were coming from. Well, that's the thing. When you look at it from, from Cap's side, it's, and he even says it, he's like, what if they think we shouldn't go somewhere where we should go? Or what if we think we should go here and they, they say no and all that? You know, but the thing is, he's looking to go for the greater good he wants to help everybody he thinks everyone should be helped not what someone else dictates should be right because he's seen what that does when tommy lee jones tells him he shouldn't go where he should be when he's obviously the most qualified to go help so he takes it upon himself to go save all of his friends bucky and all the howling commandos in the first one so cap knows that his judgment more often than not, is going to be right because that's what he's his track record shows. Now, obviously, the accident is worthy. Yeah, and he was also worthy, obviously. (laughs) So he's right. He was proved right, Mike. So stop it. Like that choice was the choice also to not be accountable for your past discretions that may have cost people their lives. Well, that's the thing. And they kind of address it in Homecoming with, um, I think that's when Stark uh, initiates his like cleanup crew or whatever it is in Spider-Man Homecoming. That should have been implemented as opposed to um, his Iron Legion or whatever it is in Ultron. It's the little robots that go out and tell people to clear away. You know, those, that should have been like a sister program to the other robots that go and clean up New York after aliens destroy it. Now, again, you can't put that on the Avengers. Those are aliens attacking a city. You know, I'm not you know? really talking about property damage here. I'm talking about lives lost in the battle that may have been direct from Avengers actions that may have caused it. Well, that's the thing. And the only time the lives would be lost is in that New York battle. In Sokovia, they make it a point to show that they are evacuating everyone. Yeah. 
And then for some reason in Civil War, we've suddenly learned that there was this random dude that was had a building dropped on him. That's Come really on. convenient. Yeah, exactly. It's, they, it's a they plot can't blame Tony Stark for the poor writing. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a plot <laughs> hole. Like, you know, obviously, when you have 20, 30 movies or whatever, you and they, they say that they planned all this ahead of time. But there's a lot of, like, the little things like Fury lying about his eye being scratched up by a cat. But it's also when you when you try to wedge something in there to make it fit for a different movie, to kind of, like, to wedge to put Tony on the side of the government to drive a wedge between him and Cap in Civil War. Now, if they hadn't had that random dude, that random kid die and just made it a point of the destruction that they do, because what we're shown in the movies is that they are actively trying to save as many people as humanly possible. They're not just destroying and trying to, you know, catch up later. It's not like Man of Steel where they're destroying Metropolis Sure. And have no no regard for everybody else, and everybody's just trying to save their own lives. The Avengers are actively trying to save human lives, and had they just made it about the property damage and the potential for human death, then it probably would have been a little bit better. But to just kind of wedge in there that Tony suddenly feels guilty for this one kid, one kid, they could have at least made it like a school of children, like it is in the comic book Civil War. <laughs> They could have done that, and it would have been better. I mean, if they did that, then I, I think you see Tony is totally justified with making his decision. Yeah, and then in that case, yeah, I probably would be a little bit more lenient on Tony. But but you still, I, yeah, you still have. Understand. I would say you would have more reason to feel for Tony. But I mean, it really does. Like, okay, no matter how many, I I can't stand people saying that's Avengers two point five. This is a cat movie. And no, it, it isn't. It is not it, a cat movie. Like it aids his arc where in this movie he he stands his ground and says, you but know what? I'm not gonna listen to the government. I'm I'm gonna I'm not because there this is not like if I want to go save someone and the government tells me not to, and after I sign these accords, he's screwed. So he's gonna be with his best friend Bucky, who's the last connection he has to the past, and do what's right for the world, as we're also saying. And then when you also look at the the Bucky storyline with that of Captain America, like I would agree with you, Max. It's not an, it's not Avengers two point five. It really isn't because it's Captain America colon Civil War, and but the storyline. Stark has like four minutes less of screen time. But listen, hold on. When you listen to what Cap's main storyline, the initial jump off is obviously the Sokovia Accords. That's what drives the wedge. That's what causes the conflict. But the story itself is more about Cap trying to protect his best friend, who is being falsely accused. He's being framed for a bombing he didn't commit. He's being falsely accused of all of these things he's done. And then later, Tony suddenly forgets how brainwashing works and how the fact that Bucky was a brainwashed Hydra agent. Now, that's what f- drives the final nail in the coffin between Cap and Tony because Cap realizes that it's his friend, but he's also a human being that happened to be put into a f- messed up situation, brainwashed to become this murderous assassin. And he's now back on the side of the right, I guess you would say, because he knows that he is not that guy anymore. Aside from the little trigger words, he's not the winter soldier. 
he is Bucky trying to cope with life in present day as this, you know, possible secret assassin. But Cap's trying to get him all the help he can possibly get him. So he's trying to help his best friend. Tony, on the other hand, is just trying to, and they show it in the beginning when he does his little $6 million therapy session or whatever he calls it. He is more than anything trying to prove that he is a good guy to other people. And it's very odd to watch because all this time we've been, we've been conditioned to say that Iron Man's a hero. But he's really not when you look at his base level actions. He does it for purely, uh, for purely um, selfish reasons that happen to look like they're being done for the greater good because no one sees the interpersonal talks that he has with everybody else. All right. Uh, flying the nuke into space, thinking that he was going to die there. He didn't have to actually go into space. He could have just let the thing go and stayed on Earth. <laughs> I agree. That was over, over dramatic. <laughs> and what gravity is pulling him back through the wormhole? He's in space, for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> the gravity of knowing that he has to carry the MCU on his shoulders. Yeah, the gravity of the <laughs> 10 movies later that they've already planned. <laughs> <laughs> but so here's... I think Tony is genuinely trying to be a good person like he is trying to repent for his oh i think he is too i just think he's in denial about his reasons for it i don't know because i think that it works as a character arc as much for tony as it does for cap like i mean initially captain america is literally just a soldier like he follows oh yeah and that's that's the whole point of the first movie and to get him to see to get him to you know to the point where he becomes captain america but he his base level motivations never they never vary during all of the movies in which he appears he's trying to save people and humanity regardless of the threat whether it be nazis superpowered nazis or it be aliens you know or or it just be somebody trying to arrest and maybe you know torture his friend you know, he's trying to save other people's lives the entire run that he has. But, like, so what I don't so, like, in Endgame, Tony goes and fights the aliens. What about that is really self serving? Well, in that case, it that comes back to a matter of the writing because they had to wrap it up with Tony because he was the first one. He was the first movie, you know? So Iron Man's the guy that's been wedged into all these other movies. He's been, you know, Spider-Man's sidekick in Homecoming. He's got the relationship with Spider-Man in Infinity War. Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. You know, it's, that's all there. But so I think from a writing perspective, it had to be him. But when you look at an actual like strength or fighting perspective, they should have either had it be Cap and that be his sacrificial run because then he's literally saving the world. Or B, you could just as easily give it to Thor or Hulk in that situation. You really could. But I think it's just a matter of writing that puts Tony in that spot. Well, I think the thing that makes it hit harder with Tony is of all of them, he's the one that had a reason to live, really. Well, yeah, because he's the one showing with the family. But by that logic, so is Hawkeye. Yeah, so is Hawkeye. True. But Tony is more important to the story than Hawkeye. Well, obviously, because we've got more movies with him, and that's what you're trained to think. You know, all the merchandising and all the like the marketing, it's all Iron Man well, all Hawkeye the time. I literally got sidelined for roughly three movies, four movies. Well, and also it's because Jeremy Renner made poor decisions and his schedule wouldn't allow him to be in two of the biggest movies of 2018, which was Fall Mission Impossible Fallout and Infinity War, because yeah. he was filming something else, I think. 
I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he's not in Infinity War or Mission Impossible Fallout because he was um he he picked something else to film and that was what it was, <laughs> you know. What an idiot. I feel like, yeah. dude, like Scarlett Johansson was pregnant during one of the movies. Was that during Ultron? Ultron. Yeah, they yeah, CGI'd her. Able to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, if you go by a pure story arc, obviously they've given, suddenly they've given Cap, again, another cute kid to work off of, which in Endgame works because it's his daughter. Iron Man 3, I've never thought it worked, no matter how cute that kid may have been. I, will, I think Iron Man. Man 3 is one of the more underrated movies of the MCU. It's not a bad movie. It's, right. It, and that's the irony. It wasn't in a, if it was, like, people were mad, are still mad about the whole bait and switch with the Mandarin, which at this point, I'm just like, get over it. <laughs> who cares? Yeah, who cares? Uh, and they also don't think of it like, if you put it as just a movie of a guy dealing with PTSD trying to stop a plot, I think people would like the movie better. Well, and, originally in the comics, I, mean, I watched the, yeah, I watch um a series where they actually have like medical professionals look like watch movies and sort of analyze the portrayal of it, and they had psychiatrists watch it and analyze Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of PTSD. And it pretty much got universal praise by all of them. And I think if you look at it more as a movie of a guy dealing with PTSD, trying to work through his issues, than Iron Man having PTSD working through his issues, it, it's it's a very good movie. No, it's and not bad. It's so just, I think, like, it. Mike, I liked, like, the the fight scene at the end with all of his suits. Like, I think that was cool. Like, I think it's, it's like, it's a movie where you could sit down and you watch. It's not like, dude, like, I honestly can't sit down and spend an hour and a half watching Thor 1. Like, I, I just wouldn't want, or, or Iron Man 2. Just, no, I, I can't. Definitely like, not Iron Man 2. I forgot that. That's the worst one. Yeah, Iron Man <laughs> yeah, 2. I would say Thor and MCU Thor movie. were both worse than Iron Man 2. What is? Thor and Thor 2 are both worse than Iron Man 2. I like Thor 2 better than I because I just like the relationship. Well, my least favorite movie in the MCU. Well, dude, here's the problem. I, lo- I just love the relationship whenever Hemsworth is on there with Tom Hiddleston. So, like, I just they got more screen time together. But I think it's everyone else in Thor 2 that I hate besides maybe uh, Skarsgård. But uh, what the girl from Two Broke Girls might be the worst character in Kat Denning. Yeah, the actress that no one's seen lately. <laughs> uh, and I think Jane Foster and Thor, you, whenever they're together, you might as well just put like two cardboard cutouts of the characters there. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I think it, they have no chemistry at all. Yeah, and it's I, not, I mostly put that blame on uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, it's not great. Well, and, I'm not sure because maybe the directors too, because they didn't really let Chris Evans be as charming as he actually is well yeah they didn't they, i don't think they realized what they had and, yeah and that's that's the thing but with with iron man's arc and even with iron man 2 and, and yeah, i agree iron man 3 is a much more watchable movie like there's the scenes with the kid i'm not a fan of but it's better than like going back and watching it it's better than i remember thinking the first time around but iron man 2 is damn near unwatchable to me i can't stand that movie i hate it and it's very much along the lines of what can we come up with as a story for iron man that doesn't involve him crying about his family being a weapons weapons dealers oh let's have him figure out how to get rid of this mysterious 
disease that's killing him because of the made up element in his body, you know? Shrapnel. It, yeah, shrapnel. It's it's all it's all that. Like this the little, you know, the thing that's he's suffering from. So it's to drink the wheatgrass or whatever it is. <laughs> Everything about that movie is just oh, it's so bad. But it, it at least gave us Black what, Widow. You know, I'll give it I that. Will, one thing I will say that I think is great. I love Justin Hammer in that movie. I wish they gave him more to do. Yeah, Sam Rockwell. He's always he's always an added a good bonus to any movie. But uh, Justin, ha- like if they gave Justin Hammer more of the central villain role rather than shoehorning in a mixture of Whiplash and um, oh God, why can't I remember the uh, Iron Man villain that has like the indestructible armor? Because they combine the two villains. Wait, what was the what was the name of the bullet or that thing with the ex-wife? Um, the ex-wife. Yeah, the ex-wife. <laughs> and it literally, yeah. you're like, oh, let me use the ex-wife. Um, right. It, it turns out it does out. nothing. <laughs> yeah, it just falls on the ground. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was like, oh, is that hammer tech? Yeah, it's hammer yeah. tech. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I like the second actor for Rhodey better than the original. Oh, of course. Yeah, Don Cheadle is obviously yeah. light years above Terrence Howard, who yeah, is Howard. one of the more famous dumbass decisions of anybody's career like oh i'm gonna argue that i want more money and be stupid or else i'm walking they're like all right you're gonna walk then he's like fine i'll walk and also and I like, like oh i'll be part of this while i did like successful franchise character, i love mickey yeah. Rourke. <laughs> what's up mike well i don't love mickey Rourke's character i do love mickey Rourke. yeah yeah he's he's fine <laughs> <laughs> but and that's that's like kind of like the feeling i had watching civil war it's kind of like okay this is fine. You know, it's, I very much enjoyed the cap parts better than I enjoyed all of the other shit, you know? Well, like, the other thing is with Civil War is where the fuck does uh, Peggy Carter's niece go after Civil War? Oh, yeah. Sharon Carter. Yeah, yeah. And where was, well, you, and she, like, shows up for, like, 30 maybe 20 minutes of total screen time in the mcu and they try to make her out as important well how again so max how long did you stick with agents of shield i'm probably the same way there was like i remember them getting to like this weird bunker or something uh in like where there's snow i didn't get maybe season two or three because she's not in that is she no she's not and like i don't think she's in later seasons either so yeah it's I guess maybe that actress is, I know that actress was on that show revenge for a while. So she, maybe she was doing that. And like, that's a steady gig on an NBC show for a few years. So maybe she was like, okay, I'll hit this. And then I don't know if this character is, you know, important enough to stick around. So I'll, I'll make sure I got my paycheck and I'll do my, my sitcom or my TV show. My other thing is that there's some, there's a little bit of disturbing implications that come up with, uh, the fact when uh, Cap goes back in time to be with Peggy, is that his niece? Is that- <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. There's in, I think, is it Winter Soldier or Civil War? One of the two where, well, Civil War is when she dies. Um, it's when Peggy dies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess it's Winter Soldier where they bring up that little video of her where she's talking about that she has a husband. Yes. And the the theory goes that and i think it's i think it was confirmed by the writers that when he goes back and like you know gets with her that she he is the husband that she's talking about in that in that so now i do know that uh the marvel cinematic universe 
the uh, way time travel works, it's the multiverse version of time travel, not the linear universe right. version. Yeah, yeah, in Endgame, in Endgame, they pretty much say that you know all movie, all they rattle off all those time travel movies, and mm-hmm. Hulk explains that that's not right, you know, because once you go back, everything that happens after you've gone back is now your future, you know. So it doesn't really it's matter. Funny what you enough, do because you know where they stole all their time travel rules from? Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea about that. <laughs> that it's the Dragon Ball Z version of time travel. <laughs> I was thinking it was more along the lines of 12 Monkeys. Dragon Ball Z was before 12 Monkeys, though. Okay. 12 Monkeys was still you know, the thing I saw. I have no idea about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, they basically just took the rules from Dragon Ball Z on how time did, travel worked. Did Dragon Ball Z have a frenetic Brad Pitt without cigarettes just kind of going nuts? <laughs> then no, I wouldn't be watching that, it. That is something 12 Monkeys <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I made my dad watch 12 Monkeys and besides the Brad Pitt parts he didn't love it. <laughs> it's 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 a weird movie to try to get into but once you kind of like if it does click and you do love it it's a great movie. Yeah. I love that movie. You know, I very much enjoy the movie and I love Brad Pitt's character in it, but I do think the movie is totally brought up by Brad Pitt's character despite how little screen time he has. <laughs> well, I think the real question is is Max, do you have a 12 Monkeys poster on your wall? <laughs> you know, after i watch it i might but i uh, not it's too close to too soon to call you got like ceiling space for it or something <laughs> I don't. that's like the thing i have a whole you you love this dude i have yeah, a whole Max has a life-size uh chris chris evans uh fat head on his ceiling <laughs> dude, I, I have a whole marvel wall where <laughs> i have everything like an old captain america comic book thing like i nice. Or poster that they gave you if you watched it opening night. There's like a guy. Max sleeps better at night knowing that big old Chris Evans is watching over him as he sleeps. Of course. Who wouldn't? You know? I'm I'm debating it right now. I mean, I sleep in the same bed as my wife and I don't feel safe. <laughs> Captain America over me, like in the same room, I'd feel safer. I would. Yeah, Mike. I'm sorry. Like, listen, our RDJ, good looking guy, but but Chris Evans, just just stop it, man. And well, no, if I time. want if I want to feel total protection, I'm going with I'm Thor. <laughs> All right, listen. Tom, have you ever seen like Tom Hiddleston do impressions of everyone? He he does like, incredible impressions of every like Avenger, and he was doing like this like Chris Hem- Evans talking to Hemsworth, and he's like like doing Chris Evans voice like dude like how did like I'm trying to be Captain America but you are Thor like you act like <laughs> Thor is like how do you get that bump between your bicep and your tricep like, bro and it's like it's so true like he has this Boston accent and then he's like and he's like talking about Thor like he's like I don't know might like like work out or something and it's so good how's my Australian Wait, accent like? that was actually watch- good I liked it did either of you guys watch the uh, Team Thor thing? Where, oh my god! Uh, they yes. never really, they never really gave an explanation why Thor wasn't there. It would simply be because, like, they just sort of got rid. Of, they didn't let him on either team because whichever team he was on would win. <laughs> well, that's the one where he's got like his little assistant or something. Like yeah, that. he has his roommate, and <laughs> was that? And he try he tries to call uh, Bruce Banner <laughs> like he tries to call him because he feels left out. Right. Yeah. Listen, I I love I love Thor. He debatably has the best entrance going into any scene where when he comes into uh, Infinity War with yep. the, oh, yeah. that's just it's one of the best things ever. But I think Cap overall just best arc. I think you know they wait till the end for him to say. 
assemble you know they teased it in age of ultron it was awesome yeah. you got they got our you know blue balls right there for all no, of us I think the best arc is actually quicksilver i really liked it when he died because he sucked <laughs> it's a bit hard i thought I, I like him as an actor i like aaron taylor johnson but they talk about but x-men did quicksilver so much better oh no yeah that scene that slow-mo scene with um that time in a bottle yeah with time in a bottle yeah yeah, I always forget that Aaron Taylor Johnson's uh, British as well. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget I, that. I was being a little harsh. I don't hate Quicksilver as much as I just made it sound. But yeah, Well, he, he, he was the one. He was the one that obviously didn't pass the screen test of who gets to move on. Like Elizabeth Olsen probably nailed it. And they were like, all right, Scarlet Witch is the one we go with. That's like, <laughs> Quicksilver's literally like the ultimate just – we're just going to kill this character to give Elizabeth Olsen better character development. <laughs> well, right. why'd she lose her accent so quickly? Exactly. I was going to mention that. Ultron just... is the first and last appearance of her accent. <laughs> Literally. Like, she was an Eastern European. Like, I'm Polish. Like, that. that's like that thick Eastern European, like, talking to Ultron. How do you, like, what do you mean by that? And then it's just, like, fine when she's talking to Vision. Right. Like, bitch, you were just Russian. Okay. Yeah. She says paprikash, and that's about it. <laughs> that's all she gets. Even her brother, he's like, you didn't see that coming. You didn't like, see that coming? Dude. Yeah. yeah, he's almost British by the end of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, when you look, yeah, you look at those two in the movies, and it's like, okay, there's the accents are disappearing. The funniest thing is that when you're rewatching the Cap movies, when you pay attention to just Cap, his hair gets less blonde as he loses faith in the people in the establishment that he works. Oh, yeah, he, he starts off as basically Goodwill Hunting's, uh, <laughs> like he's actually uh, Goodwill Hunting <laughs> for uh, Matt Damon, and yeah. he slowly becomes Jason Bourne. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's he he slowly loses his blonde hair until the end of Infinity War into Endgame. It suddenly starts to come back when he gets his hope back. You know, when when they discover. I the thought time he should have kept the beard. If I'm being honest, I, I yeah. may just like beards, but. Well, after Infinity War, the only people who are left are the original Avengers. So you have yeah. to reset to everybody's original state, you know? So you have to shave off that beard. You got to give him his that blonde beard, hair. That back. was a beautiful beard. Not quite as beautiful as Chris Hemsworth, but it was still beautiful. I didn't, you I didn't you, like you his long hair. I didn't like Cap's long hair. I think his best. Like, I did like the like the kind of blonder, lighter hair in Cap 2. I thought that was kind of the so, best. I will say, in Infinity War has the best moment for Captain America. I am Groot. I am Steve Rogers. I am Steve Rogers. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about Cap because Iron Man may have, you know, Robert Downey Jr. obviously is great with the quips and the one-liners and all that. But Chris Evans is also great with a one-liner. Well, apparently Chris Evans was like the prankster on set. They're like, oh, every set has a troublemaker. Yeah, I can see it. It was Chris Evans. Yeah, I can see it. And he's, that's the thing. He, every time he has to hit a joke or like a one-liner, he does. It's very deadpan most of the time, but he nails it. And it's especially like the time when they stop in Wakanda, he and Thor fighting next to each other. It's the first time they've seen each other in a while. He's like, oh, you copied my hair. Oh, so you copied my beard, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um... So I was actually rewatching some of like Chris Evans' other 
stuff that he's done besides Captain America. And he's in a lot of my favorite movies that I've seen. Like You mean like not another teen movie? You watch that over and over again? Not another teenage movie. Yeah. I love that damn movie. Say, I was going to say Knives Out. I love Knives Out. I haven't seen that. I've heard great things about it. It is good. It's very good. I'm pretty sure most of the great things about it you heard were from me. Because I, I had nothing to say. Yeah, that. actually, Mike, you're right. You don't shut up. So it probably was you. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah. I actually haven't seen that. That movie was so before its time that I like, I feel like if that movie came out in 2018 instead of like 2010, it would have been a total like success. With It would have been a blockbuster. It would have been great. Snowpiercer was also good. Snowpiercer, I forgot about that. That movie's amazing. Snowpiercer too. They started was good. a TV show with that. Uh, yeah, I think they are starting a TV show. It is. It's Wait, gone. Was the director it's... for Snowpiercer also the the director for um, Parasite? Parasite, yeah. Bong Joon Hoon. It's uh, you know the host Parasite. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Apparently, the host was a major inspiration for um, Cloverfield. Yeah, really. It, it's. It's almost the same movie when you really, if you really like get down to it. Uh, the host monster is considerably smaller than the Cloverfield. Yeah, movie. it's yeah. The Abrams kind of he juiced up his monster, but it's it's kind like of Cloverfield. Movie. Clover is like Godzilla times two, where the host monster is more like the size of a small building. Well, Clover and Cloverfield looks like one of those like sprickets you find in like your basement. Yo, you know, except like <laughs> building size. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like, cause I want you guys to like me here. I'm gonna say the the fantastic <laughs> suck. All right, they they suck. But if there's any superhero, like you told me right now, Max, you could be a superhero for 20 minutes. Who would I pick? I might pick, um, being the the Human Flame because that is just so cool. Human Chris Evans in that being like yeah. Flame on. His other, yeah, his other, uh, it's not funny MCU, because of Marvel the MCU character. has a habit of saving the human torches from uh, Fox <laughs> because yeah. Michael, Michael B. Jordan was the human torch and the re, uh, the oh, re- yeah, Illmonger, oh, shit, I forgot right? about that one. <laughs> yeah, he's that killed. might be the worst superhero movie since Batman and Robin. Well, that's one. that's one of the movies where, like, you know, the studio stepped in and ruined everything. It's a shame because I love Miles Teller, I love Michael B. Jordan, and the movie was terrible. Yeah, it was it was horrible. I I, I never watched it all the way through. That's a good idea. Just stopping about halfway through, you're probably better. <laughs> off. Yeah. Well, the best idea is to just be like, oh, another Fantastic Four movie. I'm not going to watch this. Well, dude, I, I like watching it. Like, if I like actors in a movie, I'll watch a movie even if it's not good. Just like like Silver Surfer. I'll watch that. And, you know, listen, Jessica Alba, he's, oh, my God. I would, I would, <laughs> I would, lose, I would lose, like, a limb for her. Um, but she's I'm, just, I'm going ScarJo over Jessica Alba, and ScarJo's actually in good superhero movies. Uh, you're wrong, Mike. <laughs> I find ScarJo more attractive than Jessica Alba. I think Jessica Alba, like five years ago, definitely, maybe. But wait, actually, Scarlett Johansson. I mean, I, I listen. Okay, I feel like I, I gotta watch what I say. Um, <laughs> but like, if Scarlett Johansson had breast reduction surgery, if you remember the show she did, Mike. So she's not the same person. I did not. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, it doesn't matter. Scarlett Johansson's a dime before or after. 
that's false, but <laughs> she's not only a terrific actress, she's amazing in most of the roles I've seen her in. I mean, we'll we'll get past the whole whitewashing for uh Ghost in a Shell and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, she's there's there's like every actress they've made questionable choices, you know, but uh but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, if we're gonna go, with, I would say for me, I'm teaching. Jojo is great, especially well, in Jojo well, Rabbit. We, we got to get back to Cap clearly. But I was yeah. saying, like, outside of let me just say, outside, like, I think Chris Evans, like, his best work is in the MCU. I don't know, like, I think you know, RDJ obviously has had amazing, like, the unreal work in the MCU. Kaplan is his. That's what he got nominated for an Oscar for, right? Thunder. It's what he won an Oscar for. He won an Oscar for. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. His he he's one of the few. Obviously, he's Iron Man was his big return. You know, that was that was the kicked well, off the I second half of his and Tropic Thunder Ross too. Oh, right around the same time though, same year. It was two thousand eight. <laughs> yep, same year as Iron Man. I thought Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was a good pace setter for a like. It wasn't a huge budget movie, and it but it was it's a pretty well respected movie. Well yeah, and it's also him and Shane Black, the director and writer yeah. of Iron Man 3, but it's yeah, so RDJ it's he he has the benefit of and it's kind of like it's 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 the thing I have with this little side point here. It's the reason why Jafar is my favorite Disney villain over Scar because Jonathan Freeman, the actor that played Jafar, is a nobody. He's only played Jafar, and he's amazing as Jafar. You remember Jafar because of this guy's performance, whereas Jeremy Irons as Scar is Jeremy fucking Irons. Like, that's the problem. Like, he now, the has thing is, I love Jeremy Irons. Right, well, that's, and that's the thing. You love Jeremy Irons. Everybody does, but he's also Jeremy Irons, whereas Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man, but he's also Robert Downey Jr. Like, he's had a long, storied career before 2008, now, Man, I will the say, second you, half pick the kicks wrong, off. you pick the wrong Disney villain, though. Judge Claude Frollo is the best Disney villain. Who the fuck is that? From uh, fucking the uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay, I that's the one I have to watch <laughs> next. I haven't watched that one yet. <laughs> I haven't seen Judge that Claude in Frollo, years. Well, the thing with Judge Claude Frollo is he is the most monstrous Disney villain. like, And he's a normal person. But he is the biggest scumbag in the entire Disney collective. <laughs> and yeah, and Max, because you don't know, I'm doing a big uh, a Disney rewatch from the very first one to the most recent. So Snow White to present day. Ross and does something every year with movies where he watches like roughly one movie a week. That's yeah, awesome. and, I, and I write a review on Facebook. But so now I'm doing my Disney slash and or Pixar watch. And the one that I have to watch next, it was supposed to be this weekend, was The Hunchback in Notre Dame. Like, so I, you say that and I have no clue who you're talking about. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've never said I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so I got to add you on we, Facebook. We I got to see all final beer check-ins before getting into the final bit? Well, we can, yeah. I mean, but I mean, there's with, I guess, because we're still obviously – at some point we were talking about cap in this, but <laughs> I, I think the perfect summary of, you know, who captain America is. And obviously Chris Evans playing him is perfect. Cause and it's, he gets a lot of the, like the pep talks. He does a lot of the pep talks and all that. And it's even pointed out in Endgame before they travel back in time, he does the little pep talk and um, Scott Lang points out, he's like, wow, he's really good at that. Isn't he? You know, and rocket agrees, but it's, 
the note that he sends Tony at the end of Civil War, I think kind of perfectly sums up who Captain America is as a character. And he basically just lays it out and says, here's a cell phone if you need to call me. We are not seeing eye to eye on this. We may be, you know, on the opposite ends of a coin on this one. But when the chips are down, when it comes down to it, I will be there because that's the kind of guy I am. The greater good, I can put aside personal problems for the greater good. And that is essentially Cap in a nutshell. You know, he's always talking about or trying to find the best way to do the right thing for the most amount of people whether even one situation, whether it be his best friend who's been brainwashed to save him from, you know, a government that wants to kill him essentially, or if he wants to save the world as, as he takes on Thanos's entire army at the end of Endgame before everybody comes back from the snap, that's kind of him in a nutshell. You know, he's always willing to fight for good. And I think the way Chris Evans plays him, if Captain America were a real guy, it would be Chris Evans. It really would. Yeah, no, I do think I do think Chris Evans is the perfect casting for Captain America. Now, yeah. one more thing on the defense of Iron Man that you sort of brought up with Civil War was Tony forgot that Bucky was brainwashed when he sort of goes in for the attack. Now, I get where you're coming from, but also you just find out that the guy standing right in front of you killed both of your parents. I'm not sure it matters what the reasoning behind it is. You're probably going into sort of a blind rage. Well, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd think so. It would, and obviously it probably would, but then at the same time, you wouldn't look at Cap as being the bad guy in that situation, yeah. which he does. Now, I would be mad that Cap didn't tell me if he knew. I would absolutely be mad about that. Well, Cap even says he didn't know it was Bucky. He didn't know it, it was him doing it. So there is that line that does get drawn. And obviously it's because of the writing and they have to, they have to separate them before they come back together for Infinity War. You know, they have to do these things. But I think, I feel like a realistic situation, as unrealistic as that is, the person that be in the Tony Stark situation would probably like, okay, I'm pissed. Don't talk to me for a little bit, but I got to work this out. I'm not going to immediately start firing away and fighting a guy who I say is one of my best friends, you know? <laughs> now, but I will say that, like, I find out the person, no matter the reasoning, I find out the person that killed my parents is right in front of me. I'm probably going in blind swinging. Yeah, you might start Spark, he's different. He's not the everyman, dude. He's like a, a quote-unquote, the genius billionaire playboy. Like I, But the, the ultimate thing about Tony Stark is he is a flawed person. Very. And I, I think that that response, while it may be unreasonable in hindsight, is... It's the whole reason that there is a thing in our law called a crime of passion that gets you a reduced sentence where if you just find out someone that you care about died and immediately go into a frenzy, yeah, but there is a law in the current system that's like tries to at least somewhat protect that. That's also, that's also a current system that doesn't take into account the Sokovia Accords that are set out to keep superheroes in check. Yeah. So is is that a level of force that General Ross is is allowed will allow? Granted, knowing the character of General Ross, he probably will because he hates well, yeah, yeah, at this point Captain America and the Winter Soldier are both wanted by and Tony Stark is dispatched to catch them. 
Right. Cop could have killed him too. Don't you realize that in the end, he had his shield over him and he ended up just hitting it right into the arc reactor. Like literally he could have killed him, but it shows more to Cap's character. Where I will say that also Tony Stark was doing a very good job of fighting two super soldiers, one with a magic shield and one with a robotic arm. (laughs) Well, yeah, through the suit's help, but... Well, yeah, no, no average person could fight one of them. That's Dude, he's, got a, he's got a titanium suit. Stop right. it. But the, the thing is, though, I think the one thing that really does stick out to me, and it's, it's Tony's little bitchy little kid, you know, hey, my dad gave you that shield. You leave that. You don't deserve it. Oh, Cap has very much earned that shield in every oh sense God, of yeah. the word. But there is nothing gonna, that Iron Man can say to make that think that he didn't the, earn that shield. Yeah. The other thing that he says, though, that I just think totally the he killed my mom and he just goes into the rage. Yeah, and he suddenly gives a shit about his mom, even though in the beginning of that movie, we're shown that he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> you know, he's a petulant little child. But what was the thing he, is... At, like, he was supposed to be 19 for that flashback. Well, it's basically, um, ah, crap, I can't think of the damn movie. It's like back to school age, um, Robert Downey Jr., essentially. You know, the the, um, the Rodney Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, the Rodney Dangerfield movie. (laughs) Refill my beer, I will be right back. Yeah, go for it. But yeah, it's, and that's it. And now while Mike's gone, Max, we can talk shit about him. um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. Now we can finally agree on cap. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's the thing, like with the shield, like when I was, when I was saying that Iron Man, he just kind of throws that little hissy fit. Like I'm, I want to take my ball and go home kind of hissy fit. Whereas cap should look at him and go, I knew your dad years before you were even in the picture. I was friends with your dad. I worked with your dad. I fought with your dad, you know, I earned this shield way before you were even a thought in his eye, you know? It's like, so, and all of the things that I have done in my hundred some odd years of life at this point, this shield is as much a part of me as I am. And for him to be like, you know what? Fuck you, Tony. You know, you want the shield, keep the goddamn shield. He should more be like, you know what? Fuck off, Tony. I'm keeping this damn thing because it's mine. So I'm out of here. <laughs> it shows a lot about Cap that, you know what, like he's showing that he's more than his shield. Obviously, he deserves exactly. it. We agree 100% that he deserves it. But he is worth more than that. And his friendship with Bucky is worth more. And he knows he could still get the job done, you right. know, being the right person to turn to when things go wrong without yeah. the shield because he's worthy. I he's do think that he handled the whole Bucky situation kind of poorly. Like the way he ended up doing it, and both of them becoming total criminals. What? What do you? What do you mean handled it poorly? He did everything he possibly yeah, could to save could another have, human being's life. I, I think Captain America had enough credit on his end where he probably could have worked something out where they didn't become criminals. With the most unreasonable person in the MCU, General Ross, Thunderbolt Ross. Thunderbolt really? Ross is not <laughs> bargain with them. Right, you could kill a fly in front of that guy and he'd blame the Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so final thoughts on Cap before we move into our final bit. (laughs) All right, Max, as the resident fanboy, go for it. (laughs) He, yeah, just, I, I truly believe that he has the best trilogy. And not only in the MCU, it might be the best superhero trilogy, I think, of all. 
Um, All right, I, listen, I love the Dark Knight. I love the Dark Knight. Um, everything about Christian Bale, but I I just think with Cap Two being such an incredible movie, Cap Three is even more like is is not as good as Cap Two, but it, it's really up there. And then Cap One isn't a isn't a bad movie. So they're like unlike the other Marvel movies where it could be one great one, then one of them's man, and then just one of them's dog shit. There's two there's one amazing one there's one really good one and then the last one is a good movie so best trilogy i don't hold i don't hold the uh the first or civil war in quite as high regard as you do i i like civil war better when i first saw it but when i rewatched it i don't like i used to think that maybe it made my top five now i'm not sure it makes my like if it makes my top 10 mcu movies it's at the very low end of the 10 Again, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. And really, I'm not sure I'm calling any movie in the MCU a whole bad movie. But I think Cap 2 is easily the standout. One is not my favorite. And three is okay to good. So I, I just, while I've never been the biggest Batman fan, let's call it a better trilogy than The Dark Knight is out there for me. It's not. I mean, listen, I think... So, The Dark Knight, a lot of people put it in their top 10 movies ever. I personally don't. No, I don't either. The Dark Knight is a better movie than Cap 2. It's not. Wrong. And I'm the biggest Batman fan you're ever going to find. I named my damn kid Robin, for Christ's sake. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But, yeah. It's... I'm I'm inclined to agree with Max that, yeah... The, the the three Cap movies are an excellent trilogy. Now, it, as far as the entire MCU is concerned, like I said, Winter Soldier is my favorite. It's it's still my favorite, even re-watching it. Um, Winter Soldier is in my top five. Okay, and the first Captain America, I, I was shocked how well-paced that movie is. It really is. I and, thought the first the half of it moves so damn slow. Well, the first half of it, you're establishing his character as a skinny little scrappy dude from Brooklyn. So you're not, he, entire, you're not jumping the entire into thing when he's doing the tour with the shows. I hated that entire part of the movie. Well, that's also to show that it does it go on a little long. Maybe does, does it serve it serves more of a point story-wise to show that he's being wasted as this cheerleader. And what it does is it, it builds up the fact that everyone that's not in the military absolutely loves this guy, who, by the way, I don't think has ever officially made a captain at all. I think, he's, yeah. I think that's just his character name. <laughs> right, I don't think they ever officially, like, you know, upgrade this he's man. He's as much of a captain as Captain Crunch. Right, yeah, I don't think they ever officially make him a captain. He has his captain's bars every time he wears like civilian uniforms or like his actual uniform. But yeah, but I don't know if it's ever made official. But the tour of his stage show is to show that yet yeah, the American people love him, but to the actual American, the actual soldiers, which is what the great button on that scene is. When he goes in front of real soldiers and tries to pull the same shtick, they're basically like, fuck off, dude. We know why we're here. We're actually fighting. Bring, bring the girls back. And it's, great. it's a great little moment because in any other movie, the character would keep trying to say, hey, I'm here. I'm just trying to do my job. I just want to entertain. This is me, whatever. 
he does the guys were on the same side, but then he immediately says, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll get the girls back out here because he recognizes that that's what they want to see. So again, it's it's a little thing, and it's I maybe get that a long it walk. A purpose, but I still don't enjoy watching it in the slightest. Great, but what I'm saying is he's what it goes to. It's a little thing, and it might be a long walk to get to that point. But it shows a little bit of his character that he is willing to admit when something is not right that he is trying to do something better for somebody else, which even if it's a little thing, like bringing out some dancing girls in dresses and little tight uh, short dresses, <laughs> that's, that goes to his character of trying to help his fellow man. And to show the pacing of that movie, it's, it's, it's a little slow at first, which it should be, because you're trying to learn how this little, this little dude from Brooklyn becomes this super soldier. And once the serum kicks in and the actual captain america does go into fight then the movie kicks into fifth gear and he's flying and it's it's a superhero movie after that but it really is going back to it in 2000 from it was about 2011 so going back to it after having not seen it for a while it's a very well-paced movie and i i remember it i don't remember it being so well-paced so it was a it was a uh it was a nice treat to go back and see that be as well-paced as it was. Whereas Civil War, there were parts of it where I was looking at my watch like, okay, should I fast-forward through this because Cap's not in it? Should I just fast-forward through this? Do I give a shit about half of this stuff? No. Even like the Berlin airport scene, I was like, okay, let's get that past this. <laughs> underwhelming fights in the MCU. It, it just didn't hold up like I, I wanted it to do. Like, I, I like watching the pitch meetings that they do on Screen Rant. Yeah. And Civil War's pitch meeting. They're like, yeah, just imagine you take all your superhero toys and just mash them together and pretend right. like they're fighting. Yep. And throw the uh, blue stair car from Arrested Development in the background. <laughs> now, with Captain America, I, I give Max a lot of shit. But he, he's obviously a great character. He, and oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously, I respect him. <laughs> nah, he might well, like, oh, I give Max a lot of shit. If, but I'm yeah, say, if I'm talking about the best superhero trilogy, Batman Begins is a better movie than Cap One. Well, it's eh. it's also it, it's also with that movie was made with the trilogy in mind. To be honest with you, I honestly don't think that they. I know the MCU was planned for X amount of movies, but I don't think they would thought it was going to be as huge as it ended up being. Yeah, no, I don't think they did. I mean, they cast Robert Downey Jr., who was coming off of his whole Drugs, rehab and everything. Cocaine. And he, he wasn't exactly <laughs> a box office draw anymore. And no. that's, what they, that's what they started off with. Right. And it was, it was definitely a gamble. And obviously... It like yeah, well, obviously it paid off. Yeah. You know how many billion dollars later, but to get the big risk was obviously Thor. That was the biggest one. How do we bring that to the screen and make it believable? Kenneth Branagh did the best he could. I think they could have gotten. Obviously, they've gotten people better to deal with Thor. Taika Waititi being the biggest one, but there is a lot of. I think there's a lot of, you know, improvising after the fact, like, okay, Cap's huge. The Avengers is massive. We have more, we have people who love Cap. We need to give them something great, which is what they do with Winter Soldier. That is a, in my mind, a perfect movie. Winter Soldier is definitely a top five MCU movie. It's your favorite. It's probably my fourth favorite, (laughs) fourth, fourth or fifth. 
it's a great movie and there's you can see that the effort was put out there to not only a make it a great movie but b make it a great character movie because he goes through a lot in that film and he comes out very different than he goes in and phase i thought i think phase two of the mcu is so interesting because i feel like they were very much like mixing genres like you had the whole spy drama with cap two you ha- with Iron Man three, you had a tech heist type drama, uh, and I thought Phase two was one of the stronger phases. Yeah, and it's that's the thing, and it's also you know a little now that I'm thinking about like again, my favorite suit is the Winter Soldier suit, but in Infinity War, he has ripped off the star from his yeah. outfit. And it's yeah, it's a little moment. A super soldier at that point. He's not wearing anything that indicates that he's Captain America. Come exactly, back. and it's a it's a great little character moment because it still shows you that since he has gone dark after Civil War, he's still out there doing good and keeping an eye on people, but he's not doing it with the advertisement on his chest, you know. And he obviously doesn't have a shield. He doesn't even have the Wakandan shield that he gets. You know, he's just out there kind of fighting and doing his secret Black Ops thing or whatever he and Black Widow, having gone to the same hairdresser to get a little bit of their black, their blonde highlights back in, whatever they're doing, you know? But so he's, he's actually out there still helping under the radar. And it, again, it, it circles back to his character of always wanting to help people regardless of a situation. And I think that's, that's kind of how the MCU left him because it's, it's him that goes back in time to write, to put everything back. Now, one thing I will say with Captain America is I like how Tony ended up rubbing off on him, how his story ended. Well, what, how he like got a life like Tony has been saying and telling him to get. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, and it's good. And it, it shows that he's, you know, obviously the human character, but it's, it also finishes his arc of, learning how to adjust to be in this in his situation after having been in ice for 70 years and he's caught up with modern times so now that he has this opportunity to go back and live the life that he couldn't while he was frozen he does take it's the one time he's selfish in the mcu and even then it's like a vacation to selfishness because he comes back and then passes the shield on to sam and it shows that he's still looking to keep the Captain America name, or if anything, the image alive in a person who's, again, like we've said this whole time, worthy of doing it. And it's not like he's, you know, wielding Mjolnir, but I would say in symbolically, the shield is just as important as being worthy of being Captain America as Mjolnir well, is to being Thor. So I will say it's a bit more, it's a bit more impactful to have two, uh, two Thors than two Captain Americas. <laughs> Well, that's what they're going to do in Love and Thunder. One thing, having Thunder God powers is another thing. <laughs> that's true. But, yeah, so, Max, what do you say? You're the guest. You got any final thoughts on Captain America? Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. That's just, um, you know, I, I love his trilogy the best where I think he just has the best arc. And I think it, it makes the most sense going back and, and trying to understand. I think you could pick apart you know, the plot lines of, of other characters in his movie. But I think you could, you could, the reason is I, I understand him the most. I understand where if I was going through the same type of stuff, I would do the same things where with the government, where he doesn't trust him anymore. 
Um, so he kind of goes rogue, but you know, he finds out his friend Bucky is still alive, you know, after 60, 70 years and not knows that. And it's the one connection that he has still from that older time from what he knows he could trust him. You know, he didn't know that yeah. he got brainwashed. And then when he found out he did, he's going to fight for him. And just like, if you have a friend like that, if you're a super soldier, so I see where he's coming from. Um, you know, it's a, uh, he's a great actor and, uh, yeah, so that's it. All right. Yeah. So that said, like we've done every episode so far with our subject, we all agree. He's, it's pretty great. You know, the actor playing him character, but most we of all, Chris about actors we don't like very often. Yeah. We, we might have to do a theme where it's just people we hate Yeah, yeah. for like a month of people we hate. Max, maybe you have uh, an actor or actress that you hate, and we can bring it back. I'm looking that. at you, Jared Leto. I hate Jared Leto <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> but until we get to that point, I think we should do uh, our little side, uh, our side bits. Well, first, it's- should we do our final check-ins with the beer? Well, we can. I mean, Max, uh, how many Bud Lights you down so far? I, I'll be honest, I stopped at the second. I got, like, midway through the second. I'm just like, just you know, do it. in person. I want, I want I you guys to come on. We're going to do a joint podcast between both of us. Of course. Yeah. We're going to have some good stuff. They actually have a little keg. They have a keg, a local brewery in our, in our place that we're going to drink out of. I mean, it won't be, a, like, a semi-warm Bud Light. So. They have a cool <laughs> studio that they like to do their uh, podcast out of. So we'll have Ooh. to trip but, up. Well, day. Ross, you know why? Because my, my best friend's mom said, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> and, uh, so now we're like, okay, and my parents are like, Definitely not during COVID. So they're like, find some place. So we had to. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, necessity, you know, mother of invention and all that. <laughs> well, for me, I am going to highly recommend Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company and John as their beer. Neshaminy Creek. The can is amazing. Very 4th of July-ish. And the beer is very, it's, it goes down real easy, has good flavor. I really like it. Nice, yeah. I'm in agreement. Uh, Red, white, and brew in uh, Audubon. Their checks and balances IPA. It's it's pretty great. Yeah, I've I've had this before. I was there. You know, went to the brewery, had it a couple times. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, the can's pretty generic to the red, white, and brew, but the back, the whole thing, like the whole uh, brewery itself, is a converted bank. So it's got like this whole kind of like a check, like you're writing a check kind of label to it on the side where they write what beer it is, what alcohol is. But it's a uh, yeah, it's a good beer pretty easy drinking ipa 6.5 mid-range it's it's a good drink to have and uh yeah i highly recommend the uh the other ones rosie's red is another great one that they have that's a really good one but um all right so that was what we were drinking now to the final bit since this is the fourth of july weekend the independence day i thought we'd also talk about our favorite fictional movie presidents my now, number one was super easy to come up with. Now I know who I have. We're only going to do a couple because you know this is long enough as it is. Yeah. But um, what do we say, Max? Got any off top of your head? Who's uh, who's up there for you? Favorite fictional president? Wow. Um, I think uh, what Scary Movie Three, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I did not see that coming. I will I take, not that see that coming. <laughs> Well, he's like, my favorite thing is, Ross, he's like, so we're not so different after all. And he pees out of his finger. (laughs) (laughs) That is a fantastic answer, Max. I really, I should have been expecting that, but I wasn't. (laughs) I didn't see, I did not see any scary movies coming for that. Really didn't. 
I'm, I'm taking I'm <laughs> taking it back. <laughs> but my number one president is Bill Pullman in Independence Day. Oh, for my Kansas God. Yes, Think outside great. the box for once in your life. Jesus. <laughs> my, number, my number two is Air Force One. Oh, okay. Sure. I mean, show your work. Come on. Well, Air Force One, <laughs> this old family guy skit where they show, where's my family at? And he's throwing people off the plane. Yeah. And that's the entire movie of Air Force Get off One. my plane. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, yeah, I can, I mean, I would give you. Harrison Ford, yeah, come on. It's great. Air Force One is a, it's a pretty good movie. I do enjoy that. Yeah. So I, I had trouble picking which one I like better out of my two that I picked. Definitely President Snow from the Hunger Games, right? Yeah, yeah again, you with your President Snow, man. You were all about that, dude. <laughs> and this but, is the second week in a row I brought up the Hunger Games. <laughs> it's it's also counting our very first episode where we did our uh, our Dead in the Water badass challenge where you had to talk about Katniss. You brought him up oh, then, yeah. too. <laughs> but, yeah. So I think my favorite, and I'm just going to flip a coin right now and pick my favorite fictional president is President Tug Benson from Hot Shots Part Two. Okay, played by the legendary Lloyd Bridges. His uh, one of my it's it's one of my favorite presidents you know ever depicted on screen. Now that is obviously he had barely edged out President uh, Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho from Idiocracy, played by Terry Crews. <laughs> now I will <laughs> say that I did have a president though. I don't know how well he fits because he's technically not fictional and it is in a movie. And it is President Nixon in Futurama. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or you could do, you know, President Schwarzenegger, you know, Rainier Wolfcastle. Oh, yeah. Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. And also another one with a movie that's sort of a guilty pleasure. He's just known as the president. <laughs> He doesn't have a name, <laughs> and it's in National Treasure too. Oh, there, you, there you go. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> or now, if you want to get a little, you know, again taking a long walk to get to there, you go with the ex presidents. Oh, uh, break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're not fictional. <laughs> well, the it's the characters the playing them technically Reagan. are. <laughs> There's no Bodie or Roach, you know, out there in the world, you know. I mean, I like how you snuck that in. That is great. I do. I do mess with that. I mean, I. Uh, I guess he. Uh, never mind. I was gonna say. I don't know. Have you guys seen um, like Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Yes. Yeah, Unfortunately, good. I have. Yes. <laughs> Listen, it, it's it's an entertaining movie. So I guess uh, Abe Lincoln in that movie. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Some sort of. You know, I really do. I I I pray for the day when. I can elect a president who is also a vampire hunter. (laughs) You know, know, I want that to be right up there. I want him to have strong views on societal issues, yet number one be preventing the scourge of the vampires from taking over the world, you know? Or even a zombie hunter. Yeah, and do it with his axe, you know? (laughs) I give another president is Mr. Martin Sheen in the West Wing. Yeah, that is a president. That certainly is. <laughs> and I mostly just picked him because I like Martin Sheen, but whatever. Or <laughs> <laughs> you could go with Julia Louis Dreyfus and Veep. You know, <laughs> he was president for like a half a season in that movie, in that uh, in that show. 
But yeah. All right. So. Right, what about uh, uh, what about Chris Rock and Head of State? Oh wow! Yeah. Well, that's a movie I haven't seen in forever. <laughs> Won't ever see again, but haven't seen it forever. I, I just like to imagine a world where Chris Rock's president. Yeah. 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 And I guess to tie it back to our main theme, we don't know who the president is in the MCU, do we? No. No. Wait, no, yeah. let's get you. no, in Iron Man 3, we get to see the president. Who is it? Uh, he doesn't have oh, any it's role, but the vice president is a key part of the plot in Iron Man. Oh, yeah, the vice president. Yeah. Oh, so the, vice, the, president the vice president is Bill Sadler. Iron Man saves him from a plane crash. Right, that's Bill Sadler. It's, um, you know, the, the villain in Die Hard 2 and Death in Bill and Ted's Burger Journey. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they don't show the actual president, do they? I think they do show the actual president. President? It's President Ellis. That is William Sadler. I just looked it up, yeah. William Sutter is the actual president. So, yeah, there you go. He's um, Colonel Stewart from Die Hard 2 is your MCU president. That's that's a weird thing to think about. Yeah. <laughs> that is a weird thing to think about. Dude doing naked Tai Chi in the beginning of Die Hard is your MCU president. It's funny. <laughs> he really doesn't have a role in the MCU outside of a movie that a lot of people don't like. I personally think it's a very good movie, but... Well, you, well it's weird because you'd also think with, you know, a, mo- a, a, a Marvel Universe or a movie universe with a guy named Captain America who is part of the government, you know, at some point you would think that with all the political stuff that goes on in his movies, that the president would somehow be introduced, but he's not. <laughs> he comes up in one movie, and it's an Iron Man movie, an Iron Man 3. And it's funny because, like, you get to see the, uh, what, Secretary of Defense and stuff like that. You see a lot of political people, you know? You get a whole Senate committee hearing at one point. But yeah, well, that's odd. Well, I guess that's a good place to live on, a good place to end on, just... Just us wondering why, you know, Bill Sadler is the only president we've ever seen in the MCU, even though it's been going for uh, I mean, now I, 11, at, 12 years. Endgame end is five years later, so you probably have a new president, new term. Given that it, the MCU is 12 years old, we should, in theory, have three different presidents. You know? Or at well, least two, at, at the least very two. least two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you count the 12 years plus the five years... Seven. Yeah, so yeah, so we should be on what four <laughs> or three? Possibly three four. four. Yeah, possibly. Well, I, two to three, roughly. Yeah, roughly. So, all right, well, that's good. So, I guess since it's the end, we have a guest with something to plug. Max, why don't you uh, tell us where we can find you on the internet and elsewhere? Yeah, I don't want you guys following me personally, but I'm going to shout out. I'm kidding. Uh, I want you guys to shout out uh, while I'm shouting out Monmouth County memes. And the MCM podcast, I'm definitely going to have you guys on. Mike was talking about getting you guys on for like a, a mer- like a merge over episode a while back. This had to be a month or two ago when like before you like even way before you guys started, we were thinking about doing this. So I think you got a great thing going, guys. And, uh, you know, just keep rolling with it. And I uh, can't wait for this episode to come out. I'm going to plug it on my, my Snapchat, my OnlyFans account, and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. And I just, I just gave you a follow on Instagram for my personal page. So oh, thank you. I'll follow you back. And, uh, I am a lifetime, a lifetime Burlington County resident, but I would love to see memes from Monmouth County. <laughs> I'm sorry. We have talked shit on Mike. Is that, is that, is Belmar in Burlington or no? That's Camden County. 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 Okay. Camden I've talked County. shit on Belmar, but okay. So not on you. <laughs> <laughs> 
personally, but Ross, you're good. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And of course, everything um, we will be tagging the MCM Means account when we put out the uh, Instagram and Facebook posts for this episode. So cool. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll throw it up on our story. Wonderful. Well, Max, it was great having you on. Yeah, thank you for having me on, guys. Yeah, uh, thanks for joining us this week, Max. He was no like problem. the fourth or fifth best roommate I had in college. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here, Mike. You were the, you were the top ten worst <laughs> for me. Well, considering the, I don't think either of us had more than ten, all of our roommates are top ten. Uh, you're the worst. No number needed. That freshman year, both had roommates threatened to kill us. <laughs> well... You know, it's not really – you're not really a roommate until you threaten to kill your other roommates. So. Well, yeah. Well, listen, that's something that we, me and Mike had bond over. Yeah, we, both of them wanted to kill us in our sleep. But uh. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hey, me and Max almost switched rooms freshman year, so I would be in Max's room and his roommate would be in my room because we lived down the hall from each other. Exactly. It could, it could have been. But then we ended up living with each other so that for two straight years, so it worked out. Perfect. All right, well – I guess that'll about wraps things up. So that's another uh, another episode of Happy Hour Films in the books. And so next week we come back with our our new theme, our new monthly theme, which will be like we said last time, bad, better, and best. And uh, I don't know, Mike. Should we just give it away who it is, or should we keep teasing? I say we should keep teasing. All right. Well, Can then you give in a this hint. Case, give a hint at least. Okay. Well. Oh yeah. Since you know Max wasn't here last time. Um, last time I said that, uh, our, our, our subject wouldn't, he wouldn't lose a fight to King Kong, but I think this time I'm also going to say he would be a pretty good lawyer. (laughs) And last time is he is my man. (laughs) That's right. All right. All right. (laughs) And this week I'm going to say maybe he's not going into the movie blind. Yeah. There you go. He's, uh. He's a hell of a pilot. We'll put it that way. Oh, yeah. Hell of a pilot. <laughs> All right. So, I've been Ross Bacon. And I've been Mike McWiggan. And our guest? And I am Max of Sobrano of Monmouth County Memes. Thank you for having me, boys. No problem. And everybody else, we'll see you next time. So long.